With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the world may be ending. Peter Thiel's trying to build some, like, New Zealand bunker or whatever resort. A bunch of uh, global elites have been preparing for something. And maybe it's just because... They can. They have money. What else are you going to buy? So build yourself a missile silo bunker, I guess. Or maybe maybe the world is ending. Well, we will talk about that, but I kind of felt like it'd be more fun to to, to tackle some cultural issues because we have this story about this famous leftist CEO named Dan Price. He's famous because he raised everyone's salaries to $70,000, and it caused a lot of issues but also garnered a lot of attention among the left. He is now being accused of some very serious, let's just say, me too. He's been me too'd and uh, he's been forced to resign. And so there's this meme, this old meme called reset the clock. And that was whenever a male feminist was outed as being a predator, you'd reset the clock. Here we go again. So the New York Times reported on this. We'll talk about that. But we got a bunch of other stories and I'm really excited to talk about She-Hulk. Yes, that's right. A Marvel show. Because you guys know I love Marvel shows. But this this clip is going viral where the She-Hulk talks about how she has to control her anger over men cat calling her. And when incompetent men tell her how to do her job, I have a lot to say about this, but it's going viral. I think, I think Ben Shapiro may have talked about it as well. It is a, it's, it's become a cultural debate. And I actually watched She-Hulk, believe it or not. I actually mostly liked it, but I got to call out this segment. We got to talk about that before we get started. And uh, of course, the Peter Thiel stuff, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, support our work. You'll get access to all of our shows. We got the TimCast uncensored after after hour show Monday through Thursday. Cast Castle vlogs are officially live. They'll be up every Tuesday at 7 p.m. A mix of behind the scenes fun hanging out and silly comedy. Tales from the Inverted World, of course, is in its second season with new episodes Sunday at 10 a.m., right? That's right. 10 a.m. And then, of course, you got Pop Culture Christ Chicken City. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show if you really do like it. Joining us to talk about this and more, we got Will Chamberlain. Thank you, uh, Senior Counsel at the Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project. Um, really happy to be here, as always. I don't know. I, I must have com- be coming up on like seven or eight appearances. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were um, – I, sh- I don't want to say who who our guest was supposed to be because we're hoping to rebook them, but we are going to get a very high-ranking official from the Trump administration who unfortunately had to cancel on us, and we needed Will's legal expertise. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Will is still here with a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm really excited for that. Thanks for hanging out, friend. Mm-hmm. We got Shane Cashman. What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, author and host of Tales from the Inverted World, a TimCast.com exclusive. And uh, yeah, every Sunday at 10 right now, we're doing Ghosts from the Civil War. Watching me have my life threatened and uh, I That's see crazy. UFOs. Twice, right? Was ghosts, it twice? Twice, yeah. Wow. And uh, it's been a crazy year. And uh, we're going to be launching the Inverted World podcast, yeah. which is the conversations with people and their weird experiences, UFOs, yeah. uh, having guests and stuff. And you guys can call in. Oh, cool. Yeah, call yeah. in stories. I'm, I'm really excited for stories. that because there's a, like an endless number of people telling crazy stories that need to get exposure. Yeah, 
You know, like I've heard, like there's, there. I don't, I don't know if I should reveal any of the stories that you've already been working on. No, some, some of the, like people have been talking about jumping dimensions and weird stuff. Like alternate that. husbands, alternate oh. husbands, <laughs> missing husbands. Thing. You know, the hadron collider gets turned on, and then a new husband might have showed just, up. Dude, these stories are crazy. Yeah, but It'll just, be fun. just before the show, we were talking about like CIA advanced weaponry and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think this is going to be a real fun conversation. Mm. Glad to have you, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Ian's hanging out. Hi, everybody. Ian Crossland, musician, entertainer, actor, and internet video pioneer. Billboard model. That's and, right. And Philanthropist, <laughs> billionaire, playboy. <laughs> All of the above. And <laughs> crooked camera. Yeah, wow. What someone, happened? Someone, someone bumped, bumped him. Who, who did that? Who did it? Who did me? Who done it? I got to fix it. Well, it was Shane's we'll, fault. We'll get that Shane. fixed. Shane's going to fix it. it. Well, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks. Hello, oh, half of Ian. Oh, good. We fixed it. See if you can get my home name. Name in the side. That's oh, yeah, that's what I go. like to do for the, fr- oh, for wrong the framing. Now we have. Yeah, dog. What up? Oh, you want to put the painting back up? Yeah, no. oh, yeah, yeah. That one was Ian's fault. And now I'm a cameraman. It's Friday. <laughs> Friday, we're always just like eyes half glazed over and just yeah. like ready to go. Got a little whiskey. Yeah. Drinking right. whiskey. All right. <laughs> Did you already introduce yourself? No, I didn't. I am also here. I'm wearing my Friday t-shirt because we are just chilling with our two regulars. Love these two guys. Let's get going. All right, we're gonna jump to this first story. And it's from the New York Times, but we will be leading with a quote from Dan Price (laughs) posting on LinkedIn. He said, in the unlikely event that you are falsely accused, remember that it will be much easier for you to overcome false allegations than it will be for actual victims to overcome the trauma of harassment or assault. Go on. Uh, That being said, Dan, I suppose (laughs) I'm not supposed to care at all that you are claiming these are false allegations, but these are some crazy allegations. So take a look at the headline. Social media was a CEO's bullhorn and how he lured women. Oh my. This is what you get when you pander to woke people. Or maybe the people who pander to these woke people are just predators. Dan Price was applauded for paying a minimum salary of $70,000 at his Seattle company and criticizing corporate greed. The adulation helped to hide and enable his behavior. I'm just going to give you the gist of it. Yo, this is crazy. Like they talk about how... He's on The Daily Show, and they did magazines with him. But apparently, he's been accused, um, I, I guess, of, like, drugging a woman. Look at this. Raping and drug, drugging a victim? On Monday, police in Palm Springs, California, said they had referred Miss Marges' case to local prosecutors recommending a charge of rape of a drugged victim. Oh, my. Prosecutors in Seattle earlier this year charged with a price with assault in another incident. Apparently, he tried to kiss a woman, and then when she refused, he choked her. So, Questions. Is this retaliation from the woke because you can never trust them? Or is it that if someone is willing to pander and lie to gain power, they're probably willing to do that for sex? Yeah, and there's there's sort of a a default, like the, the fakeness of nice. Like I actually distinguish between being nice and being kind, right? Like kindness is something that comes from a position of like strength and normalcy. Nice, whenever you talk about nice guys, you always know that there's like – an element of like deception nefariousness and, right like it's sort of like i think that people think like they they put coins in the nice it's like a like a vending machine right they put coins <laughs> in the nice button and then eventually they get to the girl it's they want like a nice guy won't step on someone's toes a kind guy might step on your toes just to let you know your toes are in the wrong spot yeah mm-hmm. or like what well, kind mm-hmm. of does it for kind of guy just does it from a position of strength right like they they mm-hmm. have the ability yeah. to do to they could be they have powers so but they're being kind right. not using it in that way whereas nice is like a costume. they're like they're trying to attract women by being like fake and they're like they think it's they, a game yeah, yeah it's i knew i knew a guy me and my me me and this other guy we we're hanging out mm-hmm. my one friend is like 
you know, a Rico Suave type who's going to bars and picking up chicks and like very proud of himself. And this other guy was having trouble. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like passively listening. Mm-hmm. And there's, we'll call him Guy A because I don't want to call anybody's personal lives out. But Guy A is talking about how he doesn't understand why he's always in the friend zone. He goes on to, so, so, you know, Guy B, who's this Suave dude, is like, tell me what you do when you go on a date. And he explained how he, he's like, I always put women, I always treat them like royalty, like queens. I ask them whatever they want, you can have. And then we, I, I, I'm listening to this and I was just like, dude, you think that comes off as sincere and nice? Like, it, you're treating the person like they're not really there with you. You're yeah. acting like they're a piece of plastic and that you're going to feed the machine quarters hoping that sex comes out. I was like, that's not what being, like, that's not nice. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah. and it also breeds resentment, right? Like, then they feel because they have put in the nice coins and they don't get what they're expecting, mm-hmm. they get super resentful and angry about it. It's like the kind of guy who there's like a woman and she's got spinach in her teeth and he's like, I'm not going to say That's anything. exactly what I was thinking about. Yep. The hottest girl in the world. If she got spinach in her teeth, tell her. She she wants to know this so she can take it out. Right. But that's anybody you. too. Like nice and kind. It's like if someone had gunk in their teeth, would you tell them? I do. Yes. I'm like, hey, you got a thing in your teeth. Yeah. And they go, oh, thanks. They'll be more mad at you if you didn't tell them. Right. And then they find out. They're like, why didn't you tell me? Because yeah. like, oh, I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't want to. No. So, so this guy, Dan Price, I really want to talk about his business because so much of what we see coming from perceived – this really, really grinds my gears, the idea of left versus right. If you are a sincere person who asks a question, you're right wing. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Right, uh, Seamus. This is one of Seamus's jokes. He says, "The left will come out and be like, we want good thing. We want good thing.' And then a conservative will go, "Okay, how should how do we pay for a good thing? You want bad thing. You want bad thing. <laughs> and that's like the whole. It's like you're right wing for simply yeah. being like. I, so we get this story of this guy Dan Price. He raises everybody's salary. Well, I happen to run a company and I understand how taxes work. So my first question here." He lowers his salary from like a million bucks or something to 70000 And for me, alarm bells went off. I was like, oh, bro's trying to save himself some money. Because it's, it's when, when, uh, when you take profit versus uh, like compensation, it's, they're taxed differently. And so or this is at least how two of my two different accounting companies I've gone with have explained it to me. So, you know, maybe they're not correct. But this is my understanding is that passive uh, profit is not taxed the same way as employment income or compensa- direct compensation. So when I see this, I'm like, if the dude lowers his salary, he's going to save a lot of money in taxes. Right. Like, that's assuming might... if he owns or has a major stake in the company right. that he's running. Right? And I'm like pretty sure this dude does. Yeah, he yeah. does. Right. Yeah, he gets profit. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, if you're only paying yourself 70 k like Bezos does this. Bezos takes an $87,000 a year salary and then gets bonuses. Mm-hmm. And then... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details justify to the IRS why your salary is so low, but if you're going to get audited anyway. So what I was told by uh, two different accounting companies was if you're a CEO of a company with, you know, like an eight figure revenue, and then you pay yourself something like 70K, yo, you're going to get audited in two seconds because they're like, that's, that's bull. That's bull. You're trying to not pay your employment taxes. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this, I was like, well, how would, how would you get around that? 
it's ideological. Mm. Now, if they come to you and be like, hey, man, that's not it at all. I believe in fair wages for all people, right. and I shouldn't be making that much money in a salary. But in profit's a different question. <laughs> right. So I don't know if how much money he actually saved by doing it. He did raise the salaries of, of everybody in his company, became a big star over it. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, the dude's being accused. Again, I think there's a strong possibility it's false accusation. Could I'm be. not, I'm not going to assume it's these, these are real claims just because the guy happens to be on the left. Yeah, all the raises he made are kind of goes back to what Will is saying about kind versus nice. Because the, the raises could have just been the veneer of nice, of kindness. Right. But it's really just a nefarious niceness. Right. And now it's blowing up in his face. I feel like that's so much of what the left is. I mean, I think yeah. this is what most people kind of feel that it's performative, mm-hmm. grifting, you know. Maybe he did something good. It's like, all right, you know. Yeah. But what was like, and, 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 and I often say this about Trump too. Is the reasoning behind it that important if they're actively doing something good? Because we have to speculate as to his reasoning. But I think it's great that he's paying his staff more money. Definitely. I got an article from GeekWire about this story. He made, according to, you know, the, whatever the documents that he made 950,000 in 2010, 900,000 in 2011. But then when he went on TV, he told him he made 50,000 in 2011 when he actually made 900,000. Uh, this was on January, and then he, this was uh, with CNBC. Kelly Evans is when he told her, "I made probably fifty thousand. Then he later came out and was like, "Oh, I misspoke." So I don't by, know if this guy's just full dollars. He's just he's just a creep. He's like he's a yeah. classic male feminist, right? Like mm-hmm. literally archetypal male mm-hmm. feminist. You know, using uh, like woke politics and like BS because he thinks that's what women want to hear, and then when they say no. All of a sudden, the fangs come out, dude. He if he actually made nine hundred thousand and told someone that he made fifty thousand, that's insanity. He's a psychotic yeah. person. Like, yeah. w- is he misleading? He's like, my salary was only, but he knows in the back of his mind he made nine hundred thousand in profit. Uh, it's really disturbing that he made that, and he was like, let this be the last lie I ever tell. Apparently, apparently the there were ever make. apparently there were big problems when he did this too. So, like, what happened was these are just stories that I heard. There are some employees that were making 70K a year because they were like an accounts manager. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people who are in the mailroom who are getting hourly pay. All of a sudden, these mailroom people got bumped up to the same salary as an accounts manager who saw no raise. And then they were just like, I've been here for how long? And you gave them a $50,000 a year raise and I got nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read, you know, it's been a long time. I could be wrong. But a bunch of people resigned saying like, it's deeply offensive that we would not receive more compensation. But like the idea of, of a minimum wage meant they got nothing and the people of lower skill and lower time at the company, lower seniority got massive, like two or 300% raises. Yeah. I would, I would actually be furious, brutal. right? Like it's yeah. just like a complete stunt. If you're one of those people making like 70, 80 K for a job that, you know, requires a college degree and yep. you have debts and things like that. And then he like bumps up like yeah. the, the, you know, intern or whatever, or the, the entry level job up to 70 and you're like. Where's my raise? Yeah, the argument was supposed to be that's like, you shouldn't be mad that someone else is making more money. That's what the, lo- the, the left was saying. Like, what is it? it's not affecting you at all. And it's like, you, you got to understand, man, when your company takes money from the budget and gives a raise to everyone but you, mm. that is like getting punched in the gut. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And so the idea, but, but it's, it's raised to a minimum. It's like, yeah, but like to hear that a coworker got a 500 or 300% raise and you got a zero it's not about 70K. It's not about a minimum. It's about you working hard and hoping to make more money to live a better life. And he's not doing that for you. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you are now, it's almost like 
they got pushed to the minimum. So people yeah. resigned, you know, oh, apparently. Yeah. But hey, look, man, I, I, I don't care how he runs his business. You know, he can do whatever he wants. Congratulations, he found a way to get a bunch of attention, make a bunch of money. Yeah, don't be a predator, though. That seems pre- Yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's a good takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you should be. I object. <laughs> First and foremost, to the predation. Yes. Right? It's like that. Right? Like it's here, like that, here. It's like that Norm MacDonald joke. It's like, you know, the worst thing about Bill Cosby. Somebody's like saying the worst thing about Bill Cosby is the hypocrisy. And he's like, no, I, I thought the worst thing about Bill Cosby was, you know, the crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a thing, man. So, you know, when I look at what, there's a guy in here, seven years running the marketing company. As, that's as a man. Company. Well, this guy, this guy, wait, I don't know. This, yeah, they're both, they're both dudes. Okay. It's a new man. Soft person. Yeah, so like Soft. when I see people like uh, Dan Price, I, I'm actually kind of like, okay, you know, like do your thing, man. Like I'm not going to complain about a guy, how he runs his business. If he's getting attention for raising salaries, it's like, whatever, dude. I don't trust it, but I'm not here to rag on that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If somebody wants to do their business that way, it's you know, just far be it from me. You know, but the surprise, surprise. You know what I mean? Like drug raping a drugged victim is a crazy thing to be accused of. Yeah. Now I'll say this too: innocent until proven guilty. Always. Because yeah. I, I think I think it could be false. I mean, look, you're a powerful white man, and you yeah. enter the woke fray to exploit it. I wonder if some of this stuff is they know he's grifting off them, so they destroy him. You know, like not just his story, mm-hmm. but other stories where they're like, as, as a possibility, it also may just be, dude. Imagine being like made of cheese and then deciding to walk into a room full of mice. You know what I mean? Like, like imagine being a banana and walking to a monkey sanctuary. Look, I, I'm just going to go don't. with his advice. I don't want to inflict trauma on his victims. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to believe his accuser well, that and is, leave it at that. That's such a sense of hubris to be like, I got this. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm a white guy, but I can. I got this in the I bag. I'll, as I'll long as I this. pander to them, I'll yeah, be safe be here. Yeah. Yeah. They should know, though, that so many heroes that they prop up, they eventually, it's like the new hero's journey. They end up falling. They end up devouring themselves in the end, whether they did it or not. It's like, yeah. you know, they, Louis C.K. was one of them and mm-hmm. a lot of people, whether it was true or not. Who I, I can't, it's crazy. You know, so we use Parallel Economy for Tim Cast. And this is co-founded by Dan Bongino. It's censorship resistance. Why would I use a company that hates me? Mm. So like you're, you're the CEO of this company and you're like, I know. Let's pander to the people who explicitly hate me based on my race and my gender. And that's a good business move. <laughs> that seems like really dumb. It seems, yeah, very fragile. Based in fear. Yeah. yeah. It's a de- I think. desperation tactic if you were to do something like that. That'd be like using your slave owner's weapons to break out of slavery or something. Right. I don't know. Man. But they, they only do that because that's their only option. If you have another option, you have, you use the company that right. you have I really, issues with. I really want to talk about feminism right now. Oh, yeah. Me too. Let's, let's, okay. let's play. Me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. You guys ready for this one? No. Sure. Get woke, go broke. No. IMDB tweets. Ahem. Say it louder for the people in the back. I hate She-Hulk. That. Tatiana Maslany. You guys ready for this clip from the... It's, it's from TikTok, but it's She-Hulk. Listen to this. Here's the thing, Bruce. I'm great at controlling my anger. Mm. I do it all the time. When I'm catcalled in the street, when incompetent men explain my own area of expertise to me, I do it pretty much every day because if I don't, I will get called emotional or difficult or might just literally get murdered. So I'm an expert at controlling my anger because I do it infinitely more than you. I love this clip. 
for this face right here. Yeah. From the I love Hulk. that feminist. He's like, uh-huh. Hulk's <laughs> a new male feminist. All right, all right. Spoiler <laughs> alerts. I don't know how many of you wanted to watch She-Hulk, but I do. I, I like. I love watching the Marvel stuff, even though when it's like, I didn't watch, um, I, I, I did watch a bit of Miss Marvel, and it was awful. It was just so awful. So, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, this clip's great. It's really, really great because as much as people are like mocking the clip, it is masterfully done. Mm-hmm. It is a work of art. It, it, it is, it is so perfect that I was, I was excited to see it. And the reason is minutes before this scene, she is outside of a bar. We watched it before the show so I could explain it to you guys. And three guys are not even hollering, not even catcalling. Like, I, we, we were, Shane, I was asking Shane, like, is this hot? So the guys come out and they're like, hey, what's your name? And she goes, I'm, I'm waiting for someone. And it's like, well, let us keep you company. She goes, my, my boyfriend's going to be here. And he's like, oh, come on. We're just being friendly. She goes, Hulk's out <laughs> and then gets ready to murder the dudes. She like winds up and then Hulk stops her from doing it. And so I was, I was asking Shane, I was like, was that, was that even hollering? Like cat calling right. is when you're like saying crude things below that. It's, it's below that. It was working it, up to a pickup line, but not there yet. Even, not it wasn't even yet. hollering. Yeah. Hollering being like, sup, girl, why don't you come over right. here? They were just like, what's your name? Like, yeah. let us keep you company. And I'm yeah. like, it's, it's almost hollering. Yeah. So this is a parable about why women shouldn't have power. Yeah, basically. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. But this is why <laughs> I think... No, 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 look, look, look. Clip that. The clip is yeah. perfect. There we go. We got it. The clip is perfect. Okay. She almost murdered these dudes. Mm. She winds up for like a kick. And we know from the show, because they show her throwing boulders and smashing a cliff with her fists, that a full force kick would have exploded these men. Here's what else we learn. In the show, when she hulks out with Bruce, he tries to calm her down. And he's like, calm, calm. And she goes, why are you talking to me like a child? And he goes, wait a minute. You're you're in there? And she goes, yes. And you learn that when Bruce goes Hulk, he loses his mind. He becomes a rage monster. When she transforms, she's fully cognitive and lucid of what she's doing, which means when she's sitting there explaining to him that she can control her anger, she's lying. She's also a dangerous, violent psychopath. <laughs> and immediately after this, she says, I control my anger every day. And then she holds up and then she calms back down. And so not only is she lying about controlling her anger in two instances here, She's 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 lying like it's the perfect example of feminism, exaggerating the claim, lying about their ability to control it and then justifying that as why they're a victim. Mm. Brilliant. If they say everything is misogyny, like this entire program is just (laughs) like secretly putting forward like actually. Yeah. If you if you like I'm watching this and I I, I see this clip going around and they're like, say it for everyone in back. And I'm like, yeah, but the context of it is that she's lying like it's like three minutes before she says that she tries to murder some dude. Yeah. And she's she's lucid. She's aware she's doing it. Yeah. I'm like, that's feminism. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. And yeah. They, they if they define any type of uh, word as violence, then you can match that with violence. So even them just approaching them saying, hey, what's up? That's I, I, violence. I, 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 dude, I really love this show already. Uh, she hulks the villain. She's the bad yes. guy. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you something else. I, I just, it's just, it's really good. Um, in Spider-Man, why do we like Spider-Man? With great power comes great responsibility. Man, what a, what a message for a little kid. Especially for those of us who want people to grow up to be responsible regardless of, of who they are, what they do. Take some personal responsibility. The story of Spider-Man. You know, if we, if we'll use the movie reference, he does the wrestling match. The dude refuses to pay him. Then the guy comes in and steals the money. 
And as the burglar's running away, the guy's like, stop that man. And Spider-Man's like, I don't see how that's my problem. But then that guy, as he's running away, is, tries to steal a car and he, ro- and he, and he robs Uncle Ben and shoots and kills him. And then Spider-Man is like, if I just stopped the guy mm. and took responsibility for my community, my uncle would have lived. And it's like a very sad message. In this, Hulk desperately begs her to use her powers for good. And she outright refuses and says, no, it's my life and I'm going to follow my career. And he says, there's very few people who have the power we do. The ability to protect this planet, you have to do it. And she goes, no, I don't. She beats the crap out of Hulk, destroys his bar. It actually is a funny scene. And then they rebuild it together. And she goes, I'm leaving. He goes, fine. If you want to just be a small time lawyer, like I respect that. She's like, okay. And then she leaves. The point of the show is that she is not, she is refusing responsibility for her powers. I'm just like, it's like what you were saying, Will. Mm -hmm. If the real message was to insult feminism, they nailed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what that sounds like. It sounds like kind of a stealth, you know, refutation of basically a critique of feminism as deeply selfish. Right. Yep. The Hulk originally was like a, a chaotic evil creature that was inside of Bruce Banner, who was like a new, he was like a neutral good guy. So it was destructive and, and unex, um, unpredictable. So I think they've infused the, uh, chaotic evil character into the woman's psyche, inadvertently making her chaotic evil. Mm. You're saying Hulk was chaotic evil? Yeah. Bruce Banner would turn into this chaotic evil no. cre- demon. Yeah. Basically the Hulk he was, was chaotic a, was, neutral, right? No, like, yeah. Hulk was destructively evil and dangerous. No, what are you talking about? He lived off of rage, a rage monster. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, he like, he's, he was the protagonist. So well, that was were, the cool thing about it was he was an evil. He's not protagonist. Evil. He wasn't evil. Well, the Hulk itself was an evil creature that they had to keep. They, everyone wanted to stop it whenever it would go. So no. he was always trying to stop it from appearing. But, but he, he, it would do, it wasn't, it was like the Hulk was just amoral rage, right? Like it was just, he would do yeah, good things, he neutral. would do bad things. Well, I mean, like anger isn't really amoral. I think anger is, is definitely immoral. The anger well, was you can directed. be angry at injustice or you can be angry at things. You right, just right. be angry at like someone kicked my leg on accident. Ah, and he'd break so, walls and, think, and they'd be like, run. But think about that for a second. You're saying that a lawful good person can't be enraged because that would make them. Well, evil. that was the interesting thing about Hulk is he was two people. He, Bruce Banner is like a good person. And then the Hulk was this evil thing that would come out of him. And he'd be like, no, I got to stop it. But, it. but Hulk wasn't evil. He was an Avenger. The very original Hulk was like this evil demon with no personality. It was just a rage monster. And then they kind of started to craft him and give Into him a personality. Like hero or something. Or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like, cause yeah, I, I'm not really deeply familiar with like the universe. So I've like, I saw the Avengers, you know, yeah. <laughs> like eventually they gave, they made Bruce the Hulk one person. That's my favorite version of the Hulk is when he has a, a mind. When he's like Buddhist. Yeah. 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 Chilling. Um, I have some technical problems with this show. I haven't seen it yet, but when she, in the beginning of the scene, she starts to tell him this emotional thing and looks away to the right as she's talking. That's really annoying to watch actors do that. It's kind of, there, there, you see her look to the right. What's it's like she she's trying at? to generate fake emotion, which she glances to the right right there. It's really annoying. Like you need a director to be like, no, look him in the eyes when you're talking well, to him. Well, she's not looking at anybody's eyes. She's supposed to be looking at Bruce's <laughs> eyes. No, no, but like <laughs> she's actually looking at a big X on a stick. Yeah, she might have yeah. Bruce in front of him working. They might be working a scene she together. Has to, she has to look up, which means they would have Bruce and he would have a stick coming off his back with like a circle, a green circle on it. Mm-hmm. And she has to look at the two dots on the green circle. So she dropped the ball there. And then at the end, whoever wrote this This script, guy's just ragging on the acting who, of the film. And oh, the like writing. Let's hear it. I feel <laughs> anger. She says, I feel anger infinitely more than you. Infinite is not a multiplier. You can't multiply something mm. by infinite. It's That's a zero. <laughs> yes. So it makes no sense. An illogical statement. Very of weird. course, Ian has an issue with the semantics of the yeah. statement. Yeah. The lighting's Infinity. good, though. The lighting's <laughs> 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 pretty good. So Hulk's like her mentor throughout this? Is that the deal? Well, he like kidnaps her. 
Or kidnaps her. Oh, now then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she, she, tra- she almost murdered a dude. Right. Oh. And so Hulk thinks it's because she's... That's going to be Dan Price's defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine him hitting on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Hulk, I, had, I had to choke her, Your Honor. Yeah. Hulk thought that she was a rage monster like he was. Right. Yeah, I'm surprised he finds out like good writing would have been him being like wait a minute you're conscious right now it's like yes and he would have been like that means you tried to murder those guys yeah like yo that's that's crazy different discussion then she just uh, yeah. she just goes back to being a lawyer it's like first of all you know I said she was the villain right mm. I mean she's a lawyer come on you know how mm. much more villainous can you right. get they didn't even make her <laughs> selfish too I'm saying that because Will's here you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of lawyers Throw do you think something. are good Oh, I, I mean, most of them, honestly. Like, what? most, like 51%? I don't know. I mean, What's but that like, most, lo- most lawyers are, you know, trying to do a good, trying to do good work and serve their clients. Like, now they're in a, maybe they're in a position where their clients are people you might find distasteful. Like, you don't, but you don't get to pick your clients if you're like right. a big law firm, for example. You know, I mean, I could have, for example, like I had the choice. Well, I, I had some choices, but my choices were between, uh, Bill Cosby when I was working at Big Law and, uh, the, there was a guy who had a dirty money episode made after him for running a, um, a like payday lending scheme hmm. that the FTC sued him for a billion dollars over. So like wow. that that's those are the clients you represent because those are the clients. Yeah. If you work at a big law firm, like and it's it's okay actually, to not like those people, but like I hate when people attack the lawyers for defending those right. people. And moreover, it's the like they're, they're, they're that's, that, that is your job, right? I think I don't know if you guys watch Better Call Saul. If you don't, you should. Excellent mm-hmm. show. Um, but one of the one of the big themes in one of the later seasons is how you know one of the protagonist lawyers is representing a bank client and then is also kind of like screwing over that client to help the little guys who the bank is adverse to. Mm. And it's like, there's like... The, that's a bad lawyer. That's a bad lawyer, yeah. exactly. And that's sort of the point that the show is making is it's like, it's giving you, first it kind of gives you the reason to sympathize with the lawyer and be oh, like, wow. oh yeah, you know, she's working and trying to, you know, be Robin Hood here. But you, the longer it goes on, the more you realize like, no, no, she's actually doing, she's the bad person here yeah. because she is betraying her client. And like she eventually, you know, has to leave her firm and yeah. all that. Hmm. I know there's a bunch of jokes about lawyers. Like I literally made one. There's there's one I can't remember, but it's like a guy goes to hell and then he's like, you know, or, or it's like a guy sells his soul to the devil and then he goes to hell and he's like, I need a lawyer. And then everyone raises their hand or whatever the joke is. Hmm. I don't know. But I actually think most lawyers are good. I actually think yeah. the overwhelming majority in my interactions, I have not actually uh, experienced the stereotype of a bad lawyer. Yeah, they, I mean, most of them are doing their jobs and and trying to help their clients. They're expensive because there's a cartel. You yeah, know, that's yeah. one reason. And then they're, I mean, the worst the are like to get the to get barred and all that stuff. Right? Yeah, no, it's I mean, law school is expensive. You can't, yeah. It's not just getting barred, right? You have to go to law school. And being good, be it's you know, costs money. Is that the yeah. cartel? Is that you got to go to the expensive? You got to go to law school and then pass a bar exam, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, and both are usually a requirement in most states. So that that's what. You know, I mean, kid, people come out of law school 150 grand in debt and they put in three years of work. So it's like the, the starting pay to just even hire a lawyer is, is really high. Not Kim Kardashian, though. In California, you don't need no bar? Well, I mean, in California, you don't need to go to law school. And I'm pretty oh, sure no Kim Kardashian school. went to law school. Okay. Like, you she know, did, yeah. yeah. That's good. So, that's yeah. Good. But, like, yeah, California has its own weird thing where right. you can, like, not go to law school but pass the bar exam. Or you can go to a non-accredited law school. It's kind of crazy how, like, you go to law school to try and become, like, proficient, but then you realize having a big butt makes you more money. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's like a, it's a plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's crazy, like, on Instagram, there's, like, I don't want to I don't want to call anybody out, cause I'm not, but there's, like, these women who have... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They, they, let's say they do specific talents. Like they sing or they, uh, they're skiers or snowboarders. And then it's like, I'll see the video of, you know, them doing their skill, but then every other video is like, you know, busty cleavage showing or like booty shaking and stuff like that. And those are the ones that get most of the views. Mm. And it's like, well, duh. You know what I mean? I wonder what's the point of even doing the other videos. If like in the end you realize like where the, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a better story. There was this uh, woman on YouTube. This is like six years ago. I was, I was at YouTube. We, I was talking with Google people about this. She played guitar and she sang. Her videos would get a few thousand views. If you go into her library, you'd see one day she went from like 2,000 to like 200,000 on her video views. And it was amazing. It's like, wow, she had her big break. She must have put out a really good song. And you know what the big difference was between the video before with low views and the video high with many views? Cleavage. Her Cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> she started, she started wearing yeah. like, like bathing suit tops with her boobs on her guitar as she played. And mm. then the views went through the roof. Yeah. I find it unfortunate that the sex appeal has become a gateway drug to the, the true passion of these people. But it, but it works because they know it. They tap into it. And the second you post some cleavage, yeah. then they, they get more views. I wonder if it matters. I'm going to try it tomorrow. Like, like it. Adele. Yeah. I'm try it right now. <laughs> Adele did not get big and famous through like trying to be this yeah, sexy supermodel. Yeah, she's a big model. girl. Yeah. I mean, she lost a lot of weight. Yeah. yeah. But she just made really great music mm-hmm. and that worked. I'm like, I, I, I genuinely don't know. Do these women feel like lesser because it's not the skill or talent that wrote, that got them there? It's the sex appeal or does it matter? It might be the competition on social media. Cause it's like when people yeah. are mad at certain pop stars like, um, like Miley Cyrus or Billie Eilish when they start out as one thing and then they mutate into the, the sexy thing. I think it's the, the industry might be pressuring them. It could be social media, but it, you know, people hate it or they love it because they're, they're kids who might have been with Hannah Montana mm-hmm. are now with, you know, I mean, twerking. you, you got to wonder, like you look at the Kardashians and like, do they care? I mean, like, isn't, what, I don't know which one's the billionaire one, like Kylie or whatever. One of Ky- one. Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Kylie Jenner's, I think there's multiple billionaires in the, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. but I think Kim is. They I, might think, all be, I, yeah. I, I think she's like the youngest billionaire. Yeah. Kylie Jenner is like the youngest billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, do you think she cares that people are going to be like, you got famous off your ass? They're going to be like, she's going to be like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could si- buy you her sister got famous with a sex tape, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like relative to her family, like she's like, I was pretty conservative. But you know, you know, the other thing too is like, um, I was reading about, I think it's Kylie. I don't know a lot about the Jenners, but, uh, it's not just sex appeal that got her to be a billionaire. Like it's, it's legit business. I think they're also stuff. really they're, smart. They're super For sure. smart. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like she went to, like Kim went to law school or whatever. She got mentored. I think it is what it is in California. You can be mentored. But not go to law school, but still have to pass the bar. Right. Like I don't. I don't think. 
I don't think, but I don't know. You'd have to look it up if California actually has any requirement about taking, about going to law school, right? right to be barred. Every, almost every other state does. That makes sense for California. I mean, it's, I think probably it's risky, right? Like the, but one, the bar exam's not that hard, okay. uh, frankly. And then two, like there's a lot that you actually learn in the first year or two of law school. The third year is BS and it's a, that's where we've all go. seen legally blonde. Yeah. Well, yeah, we get we it. Know. What's, <laughs> what's in the third year? Uh, the third year is like a bunch of electives that you don't need to take, uh, like yeah. basically, and it's a way for the law school to make a little extra money off you. Like really, the first two years are what huh. you need. Hmm. Sounds like the, the lawyer should law overtake that and just chop it down to two years. Well, the lawyers don't care once they've graduated because sure, it's, it's keeping prices. The prices are already high, and they're yeah. you know they're making money. It's just like. Once you're in the cartel, you don't have a reason to lower the bar and make right. it easier for other people to become aware. My, my experience with like getting cast for the th- way you look is really an empty, like it's, it's a, I felt lousy. Whenever I was in Hollywood doing it, if I got like a modeling job and they take pictures, I'd be like, I just feel empty afterwards. And like, especially when they start saying it and they're like, we just want to promote your sex appeal, Ian. You're so <laughs> sexual. Watch your sex. I'm like, God, this, this industry is missing the mark, man. You want good, good acting. Good right. acting. Wait, first. wait, is yeah. this like a prolonged? Is this, that's not a joke. Like you, you, you got modeling jobs. In yeah, Los yeah. Angeles? I did. He's like, in a. Is it was one, a, more than one Super Bowl commercial. I was in one Super Bowl commercial. It was yeah. uh, Orbit Gum commercial. Okay. Um, I did commercials. Did a couple of one TV show, Aliens in America. I did the pilot of that show. Mm-hmm. That was pretty okay. fun. We launched cool. that, and then yeah. I did a little bit of photography, uh, modeling stuff. But nothing, is nothing. there not a painting downstairs of you ripped? Yeah. <laughs> we should bring it up here. Who's yeah, yeah, back on the wall? Yeah. It's like there's an eagle should, holding. I'm going to be hard place this with yeah. it. Come on, show. the glare might be too much. It, it's like it's the stomach. The abs are too much. And I think yes, an yes. example of the emptiness is you see in the cosmetic surgery that they. I, I, I'm looking at it right now. Is this uh, Kylie Jenner has a cosmetic company? So it's yeah. like yep. cosmetic. Yeah. The way you look. Course. The way you look, the yeah, way that's you her, that's, her, that's boobs, the way she monetizes her Instagram is makeup. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't like, that, makeup. That I, in my experience, leads to emptiness on the inside. But you know, it's a lot of money, so you kind of just pretend like it's okay. And well, my my problem with so as much as like in the culture war, they would call me right wing. I'm like particularly left, especially when it comes to these ultra wealthy people who use their money and just keep amassing and hoarding and amassing and hoarding, and they're not doing anything. That, that bums me out. I'm also fairly libertarian, so I'm like, I'm not going to rag on them and force them to do anything with their money. I just kind of accept the fact that people make money and then they do whatever they want with it. And it's like, okay, well, I wish they would do more. Yeah. The problem is maybe it's better, we're better off they don't because yeah. Mackenzie Bezos decided to do yeah. more with Jeff's money and then she funded a whole bunch of woke garbage. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, maybe we'd be better off if she bought a yacht with an infinity pool <laughs> instead of funding woke racist BS. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. as useless. Like employ some people. Right. Like have. Yeah. yeah. Well, the card, one Kardashian, uh, Kim has a, a company where it's like, um, like underwear and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. I've heard from a lot of different people Skims. that they love it. Like yeah. it's actually really good. And she's got a lot of people she employs. So yeah. they're doing something. And it's not, to, I don't want to knock on just a sex appeal because they are some of the ones that are the always knocked on for how they look, but they're doing something. It's funny because people would always say like the Kardashians are famous for being famous. And it's like, you realize that means they're like some of the best marketers on the planet. They're and that's, good at it. Yeah, yeah. they're really they're good, good at, at it. it. Well, I, I think they had actually a very strong family life. As, as you could say, as unconventional as with Bruce becoming Caitlyn. But mm-hmm. like, as a, I, from what I was told, Bruce was a fantastic father, like mm-hmm. a stepfather to these girls. And, um, 
their mom is a brilliant woman. Like if you have, I've only seen the show in passing. My mom mm-hmm. was a big fan of the show actually, which was really weird because she doesn't watch that stuff at all. And she's like, they're actually really, really smart people. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think they're really good at shaping reality. Like I, I can never say how they really are a family, but they're good at making it look like they're good at family. Yeah. Like Trump. Uh, like Trump. Like it's all, it's all just a facade. Oh man. Trump endorsing those Democrats was, <laughs> it was dying. Yeah, exactly. Dying. And then you saw that that woman took the bait. Right, Yulin uh, Neo is running against Goldman, mm-hmm. and then I think it's Dan Goldman, right? Yeah. And then she was like, "Trump just endorsed my opponent," and then people were like, <laughs> "Why?" And she's like, "Because he's trying to stop the left." And it's like, dude, she knows it's a, but she's like, Un- unless these people are really that daft, man. But uh, you know, where would we be without Trump? Like, mm. this would be a very boring reality. We would have Hillary Clinton. We probably Hillary would probably still be the president. Um, yep. Libya for sure. So we'd probably be, have invaded and had forces in Syria. Yeah. Um, Wars everywhere. The Russian thing, I don't know. The Ukraine thing would probably still be happening. We wouldn't I, be talking about politics. Yeah. That's what we wouldn't be. You, this wouldn't be a politics show if you were doing it still. If like, Trump wasn't here? If Trump hadn't been elected, politics would have been so boring and depressing. Oh, right, right, right. right. Like, because it, it would have been back to, you know, 2012 era uniparty, uh, like. Mm-hmm. It, this, I disagree to a certain degree. We wouldn't be talking about electoral politics so much. We'd be talking about conflict, crisis, war, and things like that. Because that's what I was involved with, you know, covering yeah. uh, more grassroots activism stuff, more cultural stuff. So we'd probably be talking – I'll put it this way. The woke stuff would have been ramped up way faster. Uh, we would have uh, – I, look, I, I don't know exactly what would have happened with the pandemic, but it would have been way more extreme, way harsher. So I think politics would have happened to a certain degree no matter what. Hmm. But it would be, like you said, very uniparty establishment, and it would not be pop culture. So this show would probably exist. We'd probably talk about it. Probably be a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, it would just be much more depressing because I, I remember. I don't know if you felt this way, but politics in like from during the Obama era was depressing, and it's not just because like Obama was like bad or horrible. It was because there was no distinction between him and Romney. I don't. I guess do you guys remember the debates between Obama and Romney? No. If well, sure. there's at some point like a little bit. There was a foreign policy debate. It was the last debate of that presidential election. I remember it distinctly because I remember posting something like, "I have a Mormon drinking game, and the drinking game is uh, drink whenever they articulate a difference on foreign policy." Right? Like you would just you'd stay sober. It was, it was like, it was a debate where Mitt Romney did not disagree with anything right. Obama said for an hour and a half. I do they both agreed about, uh, bringing jobs back. Well, no, no, the uh, economy stuff part. is where Romney tried to distinguish himself and did an okay job in the second debate. It was the one where he's like, oh, I approve of what you're doing in Libya. Hmm. That's really? a great idea. Oh, I approve of this in Syria. Yeah, you're exactly right about the red line. Mm-hmm. Is this after the dog being on the car? Yeah, this is well after the dog being on the car. Um, so yeah, it just would have been so boring and, and, I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad we had Trump for that reason, because now we, we really have two different parties. I've been thinking about Ukraine a lot. I want to know what you guys think about this is like right now, what it looks like is that the American, British, French have like troops in Ukraine on the front of Russia. It'd be like if Russia had troops all along the western coast of California and, and blockaded all the sea access, because basically Ukraine's blocking Russia's access to the Black Sea. So like if all of... I don't know. Um, let's just say Mexico in the Gulf. Yeah, yeah. Or, like or if, if they put a bunch of troops 
you know, on the Rio, on the Rio Grande and then started blocking our access to the Gulf or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but it's like we'd have all of California except a very thin strip of land along the coast so that we had no coastal access. It would be, no one would stand for that. It would be it's, insane. But a, a better way to put it is if Russia, uh, started putting troops in Mexico and Canada. Or Alaska. On our, on our border. So th- this is the crazy thing. You guys saw that video of the, of, uh, what's it, Marin, the fin- Finnish prime minister? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Party. And she's like shaking it and bouncing it mm. and all that stuff. You know, look, I don't care if someone wants to party, but as the prime minister, when you are facing nuclear deployment by Russia for joining NATO and you are on the border of this country and that's your prime minister, Oof. like I got no problem with people wanting to dance, and have a good time. I do have an issue with having a, a world leader who is acting more like a 16 year old girl yeah come on as Dan, opposed to Dan, like the thing is that year the, 40 year old i think it's a function of the fact that the eu has basically like swamped the major functions of most of these sovereigns and so right you end up with yep. these very like ridiculous you get up with some ridiculous leaders in some of these countries and you compare that actually this is a weird analogy finland is a vassal state for the, yeah, EU. For the eu you know yeah. israel what's something about israel that's really interesting if you actually watch look at the pictures of their politicians and their leaders they're never smiling Really? Right. <laughs> They're never ever smiling. They're very serious. They're yeah. very very serious yeah. because that's sort of like that's the political you're ethos of Israel. Like you're constantly defending you're against a bunch yeah. of crunchers yeah. surrounding you. Like, and you look at American politicians, complete reverse, right? Yeah. Uh, American politicians are always smiling in their profiles. You should, have you ever looked at like the evolution of the smile in presidential portraits no. over the years? It's really funny. I forget where like it turns. The, the, the George Washington frump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah there's a, owned, dude. There's a distinct <laughs> moment where where presidents start to smile. I forget where that is. It might be around Nixon or something. And then it's full on big smile. You know, we need, we need Trump when he wins in 2025 to just go like full grimace, like, uh, I'm coming <laughs> right, right. Dark Naga. So I'm, like, I don't, I <laughs> I'm not a big, I mean, I definitely don't support invasion, uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm not a big, but I'm, I'm, I understand why they did. And I think it's purely to have sea access because if Russia had blocked off Alaskan, Western, all the coast, and just that was Russia, and we couldn't get boats out, it would be, come on, you don't even have Ian. a state if you don't have the sea access. You are correct. No, the there's... Black Sea is their only warm water port. They use that for access to the Mediterranean. Uh, and the reason why Syria is an important ally is because they have the military base in Tartus. So the actions the U.S. was taking to put a pipeline through Syria and opposing the, the Assad regime was a direct threat to Russia's uh, naval base. Then with the, with Ukraine wanting to go towards, uh, uh the, e- to, towards the EU. So this is really interesting, man. The, the, the politics are, are, are really interesting. The, the, the EU offered them money with contingencies. Russia offered them money with different contingencies. Russia seems to have, according to some arguments, a kind of better deal, but Ukrainians don't like Russia for a very obvious reason. Do you know what that reason is? It's the Holodomor. And so when I went there and talked to people, they said, even if the deal is not as good with the EU, we get we want Schengen zone access. So this seems better for us. Yeah. This was a huge threat to Russia because they knew they would lose Crimea where they had a base and their only access to the warm water, the Black Sea warm water port. So, of course, Russia then goes in and basically takes Crimea. The West at the time was very much in favor of the ongoing revolution or whatever you want to call it, the, the revolt against Yanukovych. Russia viewed that as, to to the outside world in the news, it was a protest. It was people protesting and declaring a new government. In reality, it was NATO influence, EU influence versus the Russian, the expansion of the, of Russia and their desire for a trade federation. Some say Putin wanted to bring back the Soviet Union in some capacity or just outright. So this has always been a deeper political conflict that's bu- bubbling up to war. Except 
for when Donald Trump got elected and everything started to simmer down and calm down. ISIS was defeated. Things started to stabilize a bit in the Middle East. It wasn't all perfect. I mean, there was missile strikes in Assyria. That yeah, was the, the Saudi Arabian, Yemen. But Russia was backing off until Joe Biden comes back and then Russia ramps everything back up because Putin knew Joe Biden and the uniparty re- regime, the establishment, was going to try and destabilize the region and gain more power, control, and expand. The crazy thing about NATO, its purpose, is resisting the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. You have the remnants in Russia, but NATO keeps expanding. It is a rapid military expansion, now taking in Sweden and Finland, and that is, whether you like it or not, whether it's good or bad for America, a direct threat to many countries in that region. And, and, and if you're worried... If you look at the expansion of the Soviet Union, if you look at the expansion into Vietnam, this is one of the reasons the U.S. wanted to get involved, to stop the communist expansion, the Korean War. We understand why militaristic expansion is a bad thing. Once the Soviets collapse, the U.S. ramps it up. When there's no direct threat, of course Russia's going to lose their mind. Now you got China doing these joint military drills. And I'll tell you, man, people like Biden, I, th- I think they revel in it. I think they want it. I think their their attitude is... You know, it's like that famous story about uh, the Napoleonic Wars. Someone ran, you know, horseback to England and said, Napoleon won. The stocks all collapsed and they bought it all up. And they're like, actually, he lost. And then the stocks spiked back up and now they bought them all again. Catastrophe is great for people who want to exploit the crisis. It's great for the war machine. Mm. I think they know it. I think they're thinking oil profits, more control, more access, more expansion. Be damned. Whoever gets killed because of it. I hope people don't conflate the Russian people with communism anymore, just like the Chinese people with communism, because the CCP's in control of that country. It's basically occupying China, and the the Soviet communist dictatorship was occupying the Russian people for hundred years. Right. They're gone now, and yeah, and, and communism and the, lost, like it lost. But the Uniparty has a stranglehold over the American people, who overwhelmingly reject the wars that we have been engaging in. It's remarkable. If you look at the polls, it's like, do you want war? It's like 87%. No war. Yet we keep finding ourselves entangled in them. It's because we are, 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 are subjugated by the uniparty that will go to war no matter what you want, and they'll do it without congressional authority like they're supposed to get, except for Donald Trump. Mm. So a lot of people complain about Trump's increasing the drone strikes. I think it's bad, but you take a look at the fact that he was withdrawing our troops, that he was negotiating peace deals in the Middle East. He was negotiating peace deals in North Korea. And in exchange, you basically got our troops coming back, but drone strikes increasing in some areas. And it's not, it's not even Obama. I still think had more drone strikes, but three every hour, every day. For a Plus whole year in 2015. Of, uh, Luke Rakowski was explaining Trump made them secretive, though. We don't know how many he... That's also and he true. also gave control yeah. of it to his generals so that he wasn't even calling the shots anymore. He gave... I mean, and, and I, I mean, maybe I'm the, like, you know, cat, like the contrarian here in a weird way, but I'm, I'm sort of... I Along these lines, like, do you want Trump to not crush ISIS in Syria? Like, No, I agree with you. Yeah. The, the, the issue is we want to get our troops out. We don't want to be this expansionist military state. But that means if you look at Afghanistan, you can't just snap your fingers and leave. Now, Ron Paul had a great statement. He says, if you're if you're given the wrong medication, you don't stay on it. You got to get off of it. I agree. But you also got to get off of it slowly, depending on what it is. You can't just cut cold turkey. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I also like think about the, the, the counterfactual. I think, you know, Peter Thiel made this point. People would criticize him for Palantir. And the company that, you know, like, is, what a name. 
yeah it's a i mean it's a heck of a, it's like middle earth i think yeah, yeah. It, it was the, a scrying mechanism there's right. yeah the but they would thing. drive you insane slowly because sauron was peering into your soul as you used it <laughs> right that's what he named his company and so like he's supposed Whoa. to be this libertarian and they're getting on him for setting up this like surveillance software that really helps the federal government track terrorists and things like that but teal made this argument he's like do you think civil liberties would be better in a world where there's another 9-11 or do you think they will be worse Right. And so I think the, the counterfactual here is if, if you don't have sufficient drone strikes to stop terrorism, to deter and to stop attacks here, do you think, and in a world where there is an attack here, what do you think the end outcome of that will be? Like, if you want to keep us out of war, then the argument goes, then you need some sort of like low level deterrence, deterrence and like, and, uh, what's the incapacitation of certain people? And, and I agree only so far as, the invasion was wrong in the first place. Right. But to get off of that, you can't just pull the troops out like Biden did with surrendering the Bagram Air Force Base and all that stuff. Uh, my attitude is like, I don't like that we're in Afghanistan. Okay, how do we get out? Let's pull our people back and keep drones for security. Mm-hmm. And then slowly we can rescind it when the region remains stable with the Afghan National Security Forces. Yeah. yeah. It's also the incompetence of some of those drone strikes that kills me. I understand we need yeah. drone strikes to wipe out some of the bad people. But when they kill the family you for no reason... Joke? Of course. Let me sip this whiskey. What's the difference between a uh, what's the difference between a uh, I might get in trouble on YouTube. Oh, boy. <laughs> what's the boy. difference between a children's hospital and a terror den? Oh, no. A terrorist uh, HQ. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, the children's hospital got hit with a drone strike? I don't know. I just fly the drone. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Not even a joke. Man. That's an old joke, too. That's from the Obama era. Right. Well, yeah. I, and the, of course. the big problem is people like terrorists or whoever will will go into a hospital and use it as a human shield. They'll Mm -hmm. they'll be like, hey, they'll they'll be less likely to bomb me if I'm in here and they'll be firing anti-aircraft from the hospital. And you're like, well, well, now what choice do I have? Even though we're not technically at war. That's basically the entire Israel-Palestine conflict, Mm. right? Like that's, 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 that's the Palestinians. The Palestinians' grand strategy is to eventually get Israel to do, you know, attack their human shields to the point that eventually the international community just comes down on Israel. Like, Palestinians don't right. have any other strategy to victory. That, that is their intent. That's why they use human shields. And, and, and I think, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna defend everything Israel does all the time, but when you bring that up, it's like they attack you as if you're, as if you're some kind of, like, Zionist who's, it's like, Dude, they're they're putting rocket. They're launching rockets out of schools. Yeah, like come on. The other thing that's crazy about the drone stuff is just how dystopian it is to live in a place where they're constantly in the sky, 
like bombing your land. I worked at, I was a furniture mover for like 10 years and we'd get like prayer rugs, uh, from places all, all over the, from the Middle East. And we started to see a lot of prayer rugs that had drones stitched into the, the border of them. Whoa. <laughs> and it was just like a thing that would happen a lot. Um, so it was like, it's just crazy how it affected just the people, normal people, you yeah. know, which is, yeah, I, I still understand why we need it, but it's also but look, so insane that the what, sky is raining bombs constantly. That, that's true. And I think we have to put it all in context. And my thing is like, when you start from the position of, I don't think we should have been over there in the first place, mm-hmm. the invasions were all really dumb and bad. Ron, Ron Paul had a great comment a long time ago about mark and reprisal. Al-Qaeda did it. We do surgical strikes under mark and reprisal, not declarations of war against entire countries dispo- deposing their governments. And uh, so so we, we end up in that. And it's, I'm a little, I'm a kid. It's, it's beyond my, my power and my involvement in politics. Now we want to get out. And that means I don't want you American troops on the corners occupying cities. I think that's worse then sometimes a drone is flying overhead mm-hmm. and it's being used to in, in, enforce security. But I still think it's bad. Yeah. My ideal is that with Afghanistan, Trump negotiated this withdrawal. We slowly start pulling troops out, but we make sure we're handing off security to the Afghan security forces and maintaining a light drone presence a little bit longer for security to back them up mm-hmm. and logistics. And then eventually we're gone and you got a stabilized country. Instead, Joe Biden evacuates Bagram in the middle of the night without telling the security forces looters come in. Then all of a sudden, the Afghan forces were caught off guard with no plan. Mm -hmm. And so instantly, the entire infrastructure is splattered. Mm -hmm. Taliban rushes in, wins. Civilians, American soldiers die. That I I can only imagine was intentional. Well, it's like the the air support just evaporated, right? I think I I read a good article about this. It was something about how with the moment that when Biden withdrew, it wasn't the way that these like remote outpost bases that the government was holding, the Afghan government was holding onto, they were all supported by air. They didn't, they didn't have like convoys go to them. They were supported them by helicopter. They, that's how they resupplied. And the moment that like the U.S. air support fell apart, it's like, well, the entire Afghan army falls apart at that point because yeah. they were completely dependent on American contractors providing mm-hmm. logistics. Dude, they totally also, stranded. Biden told everyone like that he was going to pull out on that day. He, people knew that that was it. That was the day they were planning on it. So like the Taliban saw it coming. They were ready. Like that day they all rushed in because they were like, oh. And that's true. He delayed it from Trump's original timeline. But the idea. To September 11th. Yeah. Some stupid, symbolic mm. nonsense. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I mean, that's it. I mean, uh, Trump. Trump brought the Taliban in and had a nego- had negotiations with them about like what's how this is going to go down and how we're going to leave and what he expects of them in, ter- in 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 this move, and once he's out, they I I, I they knew Biden, I, I think Biden did it on purpose. They saw the opportunity. Their assumption was probably like he's handing it over to us. Now's our chance to take it. Mm-hmm. Didn't the corporate media rag on Trump for even having talks with Taliban? Yep, and that happened too. Because like, he brought forbid. he brought him to Camp David. Yeah. Is that where we will? I don't know about that. If they went to Camp David, but yeah, I, I know the media got on it. Well, they how were dare going you, to maybe it never How happened. dare you negotiate with Kim Jong Un? How dare you negotiate yeah. with the Taliban? Like, we hate peace. <laughs> like, it's like that Was Game of Thrones David? line. You only make yeah. peace with your enemies, right? Like, you know, wake up. It was Camp, Camp David. Yeah. I don't know if that ever actually panned out. I think out, it was though. going he to happen. But it, it, yeah. He canceled it. But yeah. yeah, he had planned to bring him to Washington and to Camp David. Hey, I'm all about diplomacy, man. Diplomacy Absolutely. first. But I Let's, don't know if that helps Raytheon's bottom line, if that's a part of the equation. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Like or can, Halliburton's or Boeing's we, or Northrop Grumman. Can we yeah. still Lockheed. blow up like bombs on other planets or in safe places? Like, Got it. So they don't lose their bottom let's line? Let's do it. Let's, let's all 
get Congress to pass a bill guaranteeing funding for all of these companies to fire the rockets at Mars mm. to heat up the planet. Yeah. At, right. right. To heat the planet up, kick some dust in the air, maybe melt some ice or something. Yes. Perfect. It'll stop the war here. They'll stop incentivizing the war machine because yes. they'll still getting, be getting paid. We'll be learning how to terraform. do interplanetary bombing raids, yes. which we'll probably use in the future. That's an Earth-first yeah. policy. Like That's that. right. Yeah. Bomb the planets. That's right. Let's talk about the apocalypse, my friends. We got this story oh. from the New York Post. Billionaire Peter Thiel's $13.5 million dream home in New Zealand is doomed. It's been characterized as a doomsday bunker or, you know, emergency hideout. There's been a bunch of billionaires that have been talking about the end of days and wanting to build something. In this story, actually, it's I don't know if they have pictures. It's really amazing. I mean, this is super cool. Like, it's like hidden. The almost. guys who designed the uh, the Olympics in Tokyo designed this. Wow. Oh, yeah. really? well, why, are, why are they opposing this, actually? Like, I mean, I, like, if you're talking about it's like a zoning dispute, isn't that like you know, very in harmony I don't know. with the... With the existing terrain, like bad for the ecology, but a few years ago, I think there's a CNN article out there that says this exact area was becoming like a doomsday prepper paradise. It is right, like there's a lot of them out there. Matt Lauer's there. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Millionaires and billionaires have uh, first for the since uh, like the stories that are coming out in like 2017 after Trump gets elected. Millionaires and billionaires, and I'm talking about like high level millionaires, not like somebody's got like 10 million, but somebody's Mm -hmm. worth like 750. They're building emergency bunkers in New Zealand. They've got one of the craziest stories I read is that they carved out mountains with landing strips so you can fly into the mountain to land, like in uh, like in Kingsman. Mm -hmm. You guys see Kingsman when they land in the mountain? Like I've seen it. So it's, it's like the bad guy wants to kill everybody because the planet's overheating. He's basically like a, a, a Bill Gates mm-hmm. who started a tech company. Yeah, Scope and then, X. And then he's like, he's got a list, but he's like, the planet is, is heating up. And so it's going to create a virus, which is cl- climate change, and it's going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to force, he wants to kill everybody to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. So anyway, like they land their planes in this mountain. That's, I've read stories about that. Also, you take a look at like Montaning, uh, Montaning, Montana, <laughs> yeah. Wyoming. Not, That's cool. I, I, Tanning it's, spot it's, in Montana. It's one state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone's about to incorporate yeah. right now. Wyomana. Yeah. Why, Wyoming. No, we don't need to reduce. We need to. We need to make more states. There needs to be East and West Wyoming. <laughs> right. We need more Republican senators. Yeah. Yeah. All of Canada. Yeah. yeah, we should split West Virginia into East West Virginia and West West Southeast Virginia. Southeast Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> So, so anyway, here, here's, I, I did this, uh, as my, my 4 p.m. segment, but my question to you guys is we'll expand this conversation. Are millionaires, are the millionaires and the billionaires, are they building this stuff because they know something we don't? Or is it because they got money to kick around and they said, why not? I think some might, but there's also lots of people with lots of money buying places on the coast and they're also telling us the coasts are going to flood soon. Mm-hmm. Like so Obama maybe some, so maybe some, some do, maybe some don't. It's hard to say. seems like an insur- it's like a weird type of insurance policy. You know, like, yeah. right? Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think from- Teal is necessarily like a giant techno pessimist. Like, he's doing, a, I mean, he does a lot of other things, right? He, he's funding senators and he, he has a lot of different projects, but, or Senate races rather. But it's, I mean, this strikes me as the kind of thing that's like, okay, it's the same reason some of these people get dual citizenship and like St. Kitts and Nevis or something. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's a New Zealand citizen now. Right. So it's like, you just, it's it's just a backup. Like, okay, you know, things could get bad, right? I I don't think he has a huge. that's that, that's the question. That's what I'm saying, right? So you got a rich dude. He's Peter Thiel's worth 7.7 billion reportedly, and so you got that much money. Okay, it's going to cost you 13 million dollars out of his 7.7 billion. Dude, he farts that much money. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. hell yes in my book. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. he's, he's probably like, I got to buy some. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Bill, 
set up a company and build me this thing in New Zealand. And yeah, I mean, you, got you, a you think about that, right? Like you can, you're making, you know, if he's got a billion investments, are going to make like what eight percent a year generally. So you're yep. thinking, you're if you he just he can screw around and play with a five percent of his net worth every year. Okay, well, seven point seven billion. Do the math. Five billion. You know. Five five percent of seven billion is what? But don't even. I'm not even. Who, who even cares about three hundred fifty million? At seven point seven billion, you don't have to work for multiple generations. Like your yeah. kids are are gonna have to work. Yeah. So know? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, this is just play money, right? Like that's why he's even... thinking about having a meditation space in a doomsday bunker. That's a real luxury. That's <laughs> yeah. the last thing I'd be thinking so, about. Yeah. My doomsday bunker. It's a very very small, very like trivial insurance policy for like the you know hedging against the collapse of the United States or United States becoming particularly. Inhospitable. Look at the view. Is this an actual picture from his? Uh... I think it's a mock-up. It's okay, so but that beautiful. if the view yeah. is anything like that, then it's that's better than just an insurance policy. It's, it's, it's a vacation home. Yeah. Are you too, safe right? from their prime minister though, even out there oh, yeah, <laughs> in New Zealand? Because she's like the worst. How does that work? <laughs> do you, how rich do you have to be to be off the prime minister's radar? <sighs> I don't know with her. No, it, it doesn't work that way, man. You're you stuck. know, we I can't remember who we had, we had on the show talking about how wealth is meaningless in an apocalypse. So you think you own something? Why? So like uh, anybody who owns a house knows this. Why do you own the house? Because someone wrote on a piece of paper, you own the house. Mm -hmm. Good luck when some, some, like a group of dudes, like five guys with shaved heads and ARs walk up and say, get out, it's my house. Mm -hmm. And you go, but, but I have the paper. And they go, that's funny. I have the gun. (laughs) So when the apocalypse happens and there's nobody to call, he can set this up. That's great. And then he can be like, I'm rich and I'm a billionaire and I have this bunker. And the prime minister... That crazy lady can show up with one guy who's got one gun and they'd be like, it's ours now. Mm-hmm. And unless he's got a way to defend himself, that's in, a, in an apocalypse when everything breaks down. Your, 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 your deed doesn't mean anything. What you can defend is all that matters. And guess what? Someone as rich as Peter Thiel, his net worth will drop to about $500,000 when an apocalypse happens. Because mm-hmm. his stocks, his, his investments, all that evaporate overnight. Yeah. If there's a global uh, uh, governmental crisis or collapse and war breaks out, we, we've, we've not seen something to this extent. Like, even in major wars, you'll still have international, like, assets. Like, somebody from Britain can put assets in Switzerland and all that kind of stuff. It's probably why Switzerland loved being neutral and people hmm. loved that they were. But if we actually had a total global breakdown of, like, international treaties and stuff, his net worth is, 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 is who what he, he can hold in his hands. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. who, who, who right. trusts him and who's going to back him up. That's a big part of it. Maybe crypto. Well, that's why you, that's why you try and buy a place in New Zealand. You think New Zealand, I mean, New Zealand is super remote, right? Like the nearest place you can fly to is Australia and it's a three or four hour flight across. It's thousands of miles. Yeah. And maybe he's banking in the apocalypse. The prime minister just means nothing anyway. Right. Like, so he's just, okay. Yeah. I'll go to my, I mean, and I think the odds of a universal global apocalypse seem low, right? I think again, you're hedging against a United States collapse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. You know. Yeah, man. St. Kitts and Nevis, I think it costs 50 grand to be a citizen. Wow. Yeah, there's there's different like small Caribbean countries that like have, yep. I think St. Kitts and Nevis is like the biggest one. And there and and people the rich people love that island because their passports are better than the American passport because it's an it's an island nation of like no consequence. Mm-hmm. So their passports are basically accepted everywhere because every country knows you're a rich dude who's just going to come and spend money in your country. So like oh whatever I don't care. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you can you can basically I don't I, I've never actually researched this but I've had friends tell me about. People who that you go there, you put, you give them fifty grand, and they hand you your passport. You're a citizen. Do you guys have dual citizenship or multi citizenship? I have dual anywhere? citizenship. Mm-mm. Where's your uh, Germany? Is oh, it, really? When you get yeah, it? Uh, so I'm half Jewish, right? And my, yeah. my grandmother had to leave Germany in uh, oh. I don't remember. I forget. Is it 38? I think she left really very late. Oh wow. Um, and so the German government has a program for people who, like, in their view, would have been 
born in Germany yeah. or would have been German descendants, but for um, the Nazis, that they can apply for German citizenship but, wow. for a cheap, for relatively cheap, like a couple grand or something. There's actually a bunch of countries that do things like that, regardless of displacement. Like if you are the grand uh, uh, son or daughter mm-hmm. of someone who is a citizen who like emigrated, mm-hmm. you can apply and and right. get. So, yeah. I think I think in South Korea you can get a B visa if you're the grandson or daughter of some of a of a Korean citizen. Yeah, my left. wife could do that with Greece because yeah. her dad's from Greece, so she hasn't, but she could. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, do it. That's her dad. It's yeah. so like that. That's that feels kind of like it. It should be that it's closer. Way. Yeah, but even a grandparent, I kind of feel like yeah, is, yeah. is is an extension. Yeah, right. Yeah, my, my my grandmother was a German citizen before yeah. she fled. Right. So you know that's uh, and I mean honestly, it's not really that valuable in the sense of, I mean, well, I can, when I go to Europe, I get to go through the short line if I have my passport with me and yeah. conceivably if I wanted to go work in the EU, that would other be. countries though. Like what about Iran? Um, I don't know. I mean, might be, it might be easier for countries that have a particularly hostile relationship with the United States. Like yep. I probably, like, I think German passports can get into mm. Iran when United States passports can't. What was I the guess? story with your grandma bailing? She was full Jewish in 1938, oh, yeah. Nazi Germany. What oh, she, yeah. their, she their family out? had, you know, had plenty of, uh, I don't know exact. I actually don't know the story of exactly how she got out, but I assume it's one of those like she managed to cross the border or she thir- flew. Thirty-eight. Thirty. I think it's thirty-eight. It might be thirty-six, but I think thirty-eight. Um, I can. I'll check with my mom. Um, but yeah, was, I mean, it's a simple. You know, it, that's actually a, you know not an uncommon story where you know the her family at the time had you know businesses and you know a reasonable amount of money and they just abandoned it all, showed yep. up penniless in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is just before the war. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah, she the there for Crystal Knocked? I would think so. That was so. in 38. Yeah, I would think so. I think that that's... Wow. And I, that, I, maybe that was like a, hey, maybe we should get out of yeah. here kind of moment. Right. Yeah, she would have been... I mean, she would have been only about 20, right? Or wow. 20. Like, she was She was pretty young. I think she was born in, like, 19, 1919, maybe. Hmm. Um, so she would have been very young. But she... Uh, yeah. Or maybe even younger. It was... Uh, it was Crystal Knocked was November... Was 9th and 10th of November, 1938. Okay, wow. so maybe before that, then. I, I don't know. But, like, I know this that... Is, I, she got out pretty late and, uh, it was, you know, that's still, you know, I, and I still like, it's funny. I, I essentially, I think most of that generation of my family has passed at this point. Mm. This is, um, this, this is the crazy thing, right? Your, your grandmother got out before the, these violent attacks and stuff like that. I think so. And I wonder, you know, I don't want to compare what's happening in the United States to, uh, directly to a lot of these other countries and other historical moments because history doesn't repeat it rhymes. But I wonder if, you know, looking at the summer of love with 30, around 30 deaths, billions of dollars in damage and mass rioting from far left ideological extremists, I don't think is as bad as what this was. This was seriously crazy. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we're getting to that point where people are going to start being like, hey, maybe we should we should move from here. And I'll put it this way. I left New York to South Jersey, left South Jersey to West Virginia because mm-hmm. seeing the increasing violence. For people who are in Germany, Germany is a lot smaller than the United States. In the United States, if you're watching crises happen in your cities, you can go to the country to get away from it. But I'm kind of wondering, you know, with the trajectory we're on right now, this is the crazy thing, right? Report from Real Clear Investigations. The FBI team that led the raid on Trump's house was the same team that led the Russia collusion investigation, the hoax. Mm-hmm. So this sounds like this sounds outright like a rogue conspiracy or something like that. And now, you know, uh, with this viral clip from this show, Dan Bongino was posting it. We had Derek Harvey on who mentioned that, you know, Trump declassified Crossfire Hurricane. He probably brought copies of the documents with him. They went to get it back because they don't want it exposed or something like that. And it was the team that did it that went to his house to take it. This all makes sense. They come to his house and say, you better lock this up, lock it better. He does. Then then the FBI comes back and breaks the lock. 
different group of FBI agents. It sounds like we're at the point where there's different factions in the FBI that are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. A poll just came out that a majority of the people in this country feel that an element of the FBI is acting as Joe Biden's personal Gestapo. You said that was a poll. What's the poll? I uh, was it? Let me. Let, we yeah, we, we have it. Um, Examiner says majority see FBI as Biden's personal Gestapo Ooh. after Trump raid. This is the examiner. This is not some, you know, this is crazy. It's a Rasmussen survey. 53% of likely voters agree there's a group of politicized thugs, the top of the FBI, that are using the FBI's Joe Biden's personal Gestapo. I like, saw this is them, civil war. I saw them as Gestapo when they raided Veritas. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's insane. This is This is the... The, the breakdown, this is the culture war reaching the highest levels of government that I was told would never happen. So when you hear, like I, like I mentioned, when you hear that the FBI told Trump's people to secure these documents with a padlock, and they do, and then a few months later come in and smash the padlock, it makes no sense. Unless you point out, unless the reality is, it was a different group of FBI agents who did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I had someone reach out to me claiming to be a retired agent who said, you're exactly right. There, there may be, there is leadership, there is leadership at the top, but different you know, uh, managers or, or, or you know, uh, supervisors in different field offices. Yeah, diff- in different interests. I'm right? sure. Like exactly. Different. They're going to be doing things against each other's interests. Yeah, I think uh, – well, I was actually looking into this because, you know, a lot of people are starting to talk about, talking about defunding the FBI. And I was like – I was actually thinking about what could a president do with just an executive order, right? Abolish it. They could do a lot. Uh, the FBI doesn't have, like, an explicit – much in the way of explicit delegated authority from Congress. It actually is delegated to the attorney general who then has like the right to appoint officials. But the FBI is sort of like implicitly, it's not actually like mandated by Congress in the same way that other law enforcement agencies are. And so theoretically, like a president and an attorney general could essentially just make it an executive order. That's like the FBI only does the things that is very specifically mandated to do by Congress, like track serial killers. And everything else we're is that, just going to shut Is that mandated by con- Congress? There's like certain certain specific statutes that mandate things that the FBI should handle, but they're like narrow. But does the does Congress um, prescribe through statutory law the maintenance of the FBI? No, I I read or it might it might fund it, but that's that's different from, from saying so that it basically you'd be you you could basically strip the FBI of authority, even if you didn't strip it of funding. Via so I, I, there, there's a meme that's going around that, that Trump could sign an executive order disbanding it outright because it's got no congressional authority into its existence that it was created by executive order or something like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, I'm not I don't know sure, but I just, I'm, I'm pretty confident though about the ability of the president to just kind of decide to, sh- you know, say, okay, guess, guess what FBI, like on day one, you're not doing counterintelligence anymore. Right, like done. You don't have you don't have any access to it. I'm allocating that authority to other intelligence agencies. Oh wow, it was linked to prohibition. That's where it started. Huh, that sounds right. There's there's a lot of. I mean, I think prohibition is one of the big things. Bank robberies. When bank robberies were a big deal, that was like a big uh, trigger for. I think it was that was like more like when the FBI really got a lot of its expansion because one of the one of the problems that um, there was a it was a huge problem in the Midwest where you have all these states that are pretty small and and like can't think about something like Kansas City where it's across the border in Kansas and Missouri. So you'd have bank robbers constantly robbing a bank in Kansas and then crossing the border to Missouri and not getting prosecuted. Right. Roosevelt um, did start kind of start an early form of the FBI after uh, Kinley was assassinated. It's interesting how it evolved into existence. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't outright created. So when you look at the history of the FBI, it talks about the um, the National Bureau of Criminal Identification, which eventually evolves into the Bureau of Investigation, which eventually evolves into the Federal Bureau of Investigation. 
It's interesting. Yeah. And, it's, and there was a, it's, it's, this is interesting. It says uh, there were fears the new agency would serve as secret police, as a secret police department. Again, at Roosevelt's urging, Bonaparte moved to organize a formal Bureau of Investigation, which would then have its own staff of special agents. Yeah, this was yeah, this was Teddy Roosevelt. I think I'm I'm literally just started a book about this because I was interested. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was, you know, annoyed with essentially you know environmental issues. Actually, mm-hmm. oddly enough, a like, progressive, yeah, a conservative, pretty progressive, pretty progressive. Yeah. Like he didn't like uh, you know some big corporate interests screwing up the environment in certain states and you know getting yep. away with it. Gave with us impunity. national parks. Yeah. This is crazy. It was it was created by the attorney general. He just one day brought in people and said, okay. report to uh, the chief examiner, chief examiner as investigators. And then they gave a name to the group, the Bureau of Investigation. And, and then 1935, they, they renamed it the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. In which case, the executive branch could just literally be like, you're gone. Yeah. Or, or just reroute it. Like, basically, I mean, there might be other laws or other statutes that are like funding the FBI or essentially mean you know the civil service rules that protect the people there okay that's all fine but you could you could just strip it of authority and tell them all to go play bridge like you know not go kidnap a governor yeah right (laughs) or yeah yeah all that you can stop doing that my animal brain my lizard brain has a hard time with the idea of of it erasing the fbi because it's been with me my whole life Mm. so i'm like wouldn't that cause chaos if we don't have enough well i mean you need you need to replace certain of its functions for sure right like you don't want to i mean this is not like get rid of having a sort of federal police force there are things you need a federal police force for when it comes to enforcing federal law yes okay but i mean one thing I, i joked about was you just create a a new Federal Justice Bureau, you know, think about what the acronym is. FJB. FJB. <laughs> right. Agreed. The, the, Just the for that federal, reason, we do it. Right. The, a new Federal Justice Bureau Start a petition. that duplicates the functions of the FBI, but you just make all the current FBI officials, like, reapply for their jobs. Mm. Right. That would be, you know, there's a lot of, like, clever things you could do, given the fact that they don't, the whole, the institution doesn't have that much statutory protection. How amazing would it be if Donald Trump gets reelected? And then immediately following his inauguration and swearing in, he does an address where he's like, my fellow Americans, you may remember a few years ago when the FBI <laughs> came into my home. It was terrible, terrible. Everyone says it was one of the most terrible things. I am signing executive order. There is no more FBI. I, it just would be hilarious. I'd be, be not a good I'd political move. No, I'd be stoked. <laughs> well, he's wow, got one, tear only down. one term. He can't get reelected. He's not going to care. He's like, do something. I, don't know. I understand yeah. the need for it, though. I do. I get it. But this has got to go. This oh is yeah, the well, there needs to be now. like radical change. Oh my goodness! Like, it, and it's just a corrupt. It's right now the institution itself is really corrupt. I forget and what president started the CIA, um, but whichever one did, after JFK I was assassinated, I believe that president wrote a letter, like an op-ed, saying we got to disband the CIA because he was JFK. convinced. I uh, scatter it to the wind. He was disp- he was he was convinced like they had something to do with it. Harry Truman, nineteen forty. It was Truman said that. Yeah. yeah, Truman said it. He created it after JFK was assassinated. Then he wrote a letter saying we got to disband the CIA. And then the head of the CIA went and visited Truman and said you got to not say that. And he was like, Nah, I'm saying. Wait, 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 hold on. So like Truman created it. Yep. And then after JFK died, he wrote a letter saying an op-ed or something saying like I think they got too much power. Wow. That's not what I in- intended. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know about, like, I think the CIA certainly does have, you know, its fingers in some bad stuff, like a lot of bad stuff, actually. But domestically, it's like, sounds like it's mostly the FBI. Yeah, the FBI. The other thing, other unique thing you could do is, you know, we are kind of unique among Western countries in that we have both the same institution handles both like federal policing and counterintelligence. 
And those are not norm, those are not necessarily like combined functions, right? One is like detecting spies and like thwarting foreign intelligence efforts. And the other is like just federal police work, right? Like, you, you know, investigating crimes right. and helping the DOJ prosecute. If, if Donald Trump is going to get rid of the, the FBI, I just, he's got to preserve the X files. And make sure that they're the one thing. The, yeah. Isn't the X Files real though? Like it's an actual. It was an actual. Know. Like the X Files show was based off of like the filing they would do for things they couldn't mm-hmm. explain. Mm-hmm. Not like any agents actually like aliens are among <laughs> us, but they're like, hey, we don't know how this happened. This is crazy. Well, you know what I mean? if 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 people out there have watched the latest episode of Tales from the Inverted World, they would have seen the letter I wrote to President Carter. About me demanding transparency of uh he you know when he was on the campaign trail, he promised to release all UFO documents because Carter saw UFO in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about it extensively on the campaign trail, promising this. And the second he got into office, like most politicians do, he backpedaled and didn't release anything because of national security, quote, unquote. Um, but I'm, I'm still trying to hit him up. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll get back to released. you. Yeah. I think they were drone programs. A lot of yeah. what we, people were told were alien or just whether could or be. not they have fusion packs on board, I uh, wonder. And that's what I tell them, actually. It could be extraterrestrials. It could be our military. It could be It is. It is totally fictional, but... I remember reading, just want to clarify that, I remember reading something that it was like the idea of the show came from something that was really within the FBI. Yeah, Air Force. It was the Air Force? Yeah, I just said, well, I just saw an article, was there a real-life version of the X-Files? The answer is yes, and it was part of the Air Force. Uh, Alex Hollings, uh, let me see if I can find the exact. Hmm. Who says it's false? Wikipedia. Oh, that's no, it says it's fictional. FBI. Yeah. But that's, that's a thing. Like, it says it's a fictional, uh, case deemed unsolvable by the FBI. Hmm. I read somewhere that the show was inspired by Something that, like, it's not literally the X-Files, but, like, somebody was reading about how the FBI couldn't solve something. And they're like, oh, we should do a show like that and call it something. Well, they have certainly done experiments, like the remote viewing stuff where they'd sit the cops in a room or or just bring people. I believe it was FBI. Well, you, you know about the men who stare at goats. I haven't seen it, but, yeah, I know about it. Well, like, the, but what is based on? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah the Stargate program. Giving them, uh, mm-hmm. were they drugging them up? Remote to try viewing? To, yeah. What's yeah. the goats? So weird. Do they actually stare at goats? The Weren't they trying to explode them or something? Oh, I don't know about that. I think they were trying to use telekinesis to kill goats. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. been, I, I read I read about this. But yeah, the U.S. people, like, yo, bro, we were talking about some crazy stuff downstairs, like CIA masks, mm-hmm. like these super high-tech Mission Impossible kind of masks they have. Yep. The the heart attack gun. Yep. Bro, the heart attack gun is real. Oh, yeah. Let me pull this up. Oh, it's hilarious. You can go, and, there was a great channel on YouTube. I think they nuked it. It was called Film Archives, and it, this person would upload great congressional hearings from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, up until now, actually. And uh, you, there was one with the heart attack gun there, kind of just passing around the heart attack gun. You're like, oh, this, so, the, so you shoot this at someone and give them a heart attack? Okay, The CIA's right. heart attack gun. <laughs> yeah, all right. No doubt. No doubt. So Look if they had this. that in the 60s or 70s, what? Frozen shellfish toxin would enter the target's bloodstream and kill them in mere minutes. Mm. But I kind of wonder, like, couldn't you just put, like, a... Uh, any, oh my god, anything? that's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's from it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. So the idea was back then, I yeah. guess it was hard to detect the toxin. So if you if someone was shot by the dart, they would die and they'd be like, I don't know what happened. Right. These days, I mean, there's so much stuff. I was reading about certain like vitamin mixtures that can cause cardiac arrest, heart attacks, mm-hmm. and that when they did your blood test, it, they, it, they would just see like potassium and sodium and stuff and be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like we've way advanced the craziness of this. Oh, I will wow. say though, if a a powerful intelligence agency wants to kill somebody, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. You get mugged. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's an easy way of covering it up. Instead you go walking down the street and outlandish steals measures. Your right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's just diabolical. Bro, Havana effect, Havana syndrome. Oh, the the sound? Oh, that they were sound? doing? Yeah. I wonder if they're microwave blasting people. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, not maybe that's not sound, but it was affecting them. Uh, it was sonar or something that they well, were they, blasting into them. Well, we don't know if it's sonar. Yeah. What we know is that people reporting hearing like a buzzing noise right. or a humming noise. Right. And then they would get photosensitivity. They'd become like amnesiac. Like yep. they, their memories would become, you know, screwed up. Mm-hmm. And they, that's, that's nightmarish, dude. Oh, so yeah. if you start hearing a weird buzzing, like, don't just be like, that's nothing. You should just leave the room, I guess, or what? I don't know. <laughs> Look up. There's the no escape. Yeah, no, no. you do. If, if so, I used to think about this. I think I've talked about this on the show. So I'd have this fantasy: like, what if all of a sudden everyone on Earth wanted to kill me? Like, how long could I survive in this room? Mm. Probably about seven seconds, because there's four of you guys. <laughs> if I'm driving, I know so I would take this crystal and that's in heavy. Like, yeah, the swords you, there. You know, there's the katana, the, yeah, the it, Civil War any, era musket. Anywhere uh, you are on Earth, it feels like an episode of Fortnite. Yeah, this is an episode like an escape room, but but we're trying to kill you. Try and drive. It's kind of fun. off the road, like well. What, it, what is the best weapon to so pick like, up inside the, the deep state? Probably the gun. The, yeah. So we're talking about like yeah. he's got a load of I take a guitar. I think their their purpose is to maintain stability. The meteor ultimately is pretty good. Though. And if they think that you're a threat to stability, then they'll start to take an eye on you. But if they think that you're helping them provide stability to the what the people of Earth is that the no, plan, dude? They will get you no matter what, even if you're an innocent bystander. I just think of when Hillary Clinton apologized to everyone for back in the day when we dosed people in Guatemala with syphilis. You know, just random people. You know, we'll we'll just get you just because we want to know how what happens when syphilis goes through the human body without being treated. Or we'll, same thing we did to Tuskegee. What's this? What's this Guatemala syphilis thing? Uh, it's, it's like an extension of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. I, I pulled up the sonic weapon Wikipedia, and they mentioned Havana syndrome. Uh, it caused hearing loss and other problems. They thought it was sonic attacks, but now. More recent reports hypothesize microwave energy as the cause. Well, well there's I'm, also like a I'm whole bunch saying. of stuff about this being fake, right? Havana syndrome, like, was like it was a mental thing. Yeah, it was like a no, but but I think there's something. The, the there. latest stuff that I read is there's way too many reports of it hmm. that it's it's like with the same symptoms, right? That it and and it's like isolated to location, so it's there's something there. I think I equate it to the sound because they at the a few years ago they were using those um to get rid of riots they blast at like wave. At people, yeah, yeah, LRADs. Um, LRADs, Long yeah. range. Bro, I the first time I ever encountered an LRAD, it was so freaky. So I've been at tons of these protests and, mm-hmm. and riots where they've used these. What, what's an LRAD? Sorry. Long range acoustic device. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in, I think I'm in Anaheim. Three blocks down the road, I can see a line of police. All of a sudden, I hear as if someone was standing right next to me, you must disperse. This is an illegal protest or an illegal demonstration. And then I was like, I turn, I'm like, what the? And people were like, look, and you could see the, the LRAD on top of the vehicle. They also do this high pitch wee, 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 mm-hmm. thing at you. And it like, it, it hurts, but it's not, if they wanted to, they could make your ears bleed. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. But I'll tell you the, some of the craziest stuff I've, I've ever read. I don't know how true this is that ultra low frequencies are one of the reasons they think people report haunted houses. Mm-hmm. So that when you get hit by ultra low frequencies, you can't interpret it as sound, but it, hits your body in waves, which causes like a sensation of someone being around you. It causes like feelings of dread, heart rate increasing. So people maybe when they think they're seeing a ghost, they mm-hmm. could be, be, it could be hit by ultra low frequencies of energy rushing through them. Yep. Crazy huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. I'm beginning to think that it, like ghosts, as much as I love the idea is a, is a me thing and not a ghost thing. It's like my interpretation. Um, it's probably both. It I, could I think that the human spirit is real and like we have these magnetic fields, but also that we're bomb the humans are experimenting by bombarding ourselves with radiation and mm-hmm. mag- you know low frequencies like harp H A R P. I don't know if you guys studied much of Oh yeah. high altitude. I talked to some people at harp for uh, volume 1 of inverted world. And they're like firing I them thought up they were killing space. the birds. 
might might be happening yeah. by on accident. I think they are. Uh, it's oh, it's weird to think that ghosts are real and that we're interacting with ghosts. Yeah, I, mean, I think I want to clarify. I do think there are ghosts also because I grew up with one, very nonchalant. It was a good ghost, blue collar ghost. But also, I think a lot of people Not see. Yeah, ch- what's just wrong chill. with white collar ghosts? <laughs> why do all the ghosts? I hate white collar ghosts. Why? So why? Mean. The why do you have to terrible. be so resentful <laughs> of <laughs> the wealthier because middle management ghosts? White anyway. <laughs> when you have a blue collar ghost, like what happens is like you wake up in the middle of the night with your plumbing fixed. Yeah. When you get a white collar ghost, like they're just sitting there complaining about taxes and <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on. They could do your taxes for you. <laughs> why are you True. so discriminatory? Guys. No, I just, so many, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. They could provide you legal <laughs> services. <laughs> I was in the middle right. of the woods. There wasn't a lot of white collar. Would be a hilarious <laughs> bit. Like a guy wakes up and he sees a ghost and he's like, "What are you doing?" And it's like, "Your taxes." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh. yeah. "Yeah, that's funny." Too Ebenezer, or who was probably visited by blue collar, not so many. Oh, and he had a white collar ghost. In, 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 uh, okay, bro, in I know Ebenezer. what ghosts are. Yeah, you want to know what ghosts are? Of course, yeah. let's do this. So, uh, do you know about M theory? Membrane theory. I know a little that bit the universe it. is a multidimensional folding fabric that moves through it and it's all crazy like. Okay, I, I only half know what I'm talking about, so I probably mishmashed crazy physics ideas to, to create some weird theory about ghosts. That's, That's science. Yeah. Think about this way. If time is not linear, but uh, if you expand out of like our perception of time being linear, but if you then zoom out above it and it's more of like this, this you know, moving fabric. What if, if it, time is a cube? Perhaps. But, they, but but yeah. but okay. imagine it this way. Because <laughs> I was reading like back. membrane theory. So you've got uh, eighteen twenty seven, all right, and there is some dude wearing eighteen twenty twenty seven clothes, and then somebody in two thousand sixteen walks into a building that was a historic building that was built in eighteen twenty seven. So the framing is all relatively similar. The floors are in the same places where the floors were. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. This person in 2016 walks into a room and then all of a sudden sees a semi-transparent figure standing before him wearing clothes from the 1820s and for a brief moment looks at them and goes Aah! and they go what the word they run away screaming i just saw a ghost mm-hmm. you know it really happened the fabric of time between that 100 or almost 200 year gap brushed against each other right. and very briefly that man <clears throat> in the tw- 1820s clothes who saw the figure from the future screamed mm-hmm. Seeing a ghost. They both thought each other were ghosts. Then that guy writes down, this house is demonic. It is haunted. That story gets passed down and people are like, whoa, a haunted house. Then the person in the future goes there. And when the time intersects briefly, just for a flicker of a moment, they both see each other and create the paradox. Two separate existences and two separate times folding into one another. Very briefly, though. Briefly. Right. And so so this is why old buildings tend to be haunted. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, it, so, like, if, if the building was knocked down and a different building was built, the floors would be in different places. So the guy who's standing on the second floor would not appear to the same guy on the second floor because they're in, they've moved. Right. But if the building is the same building from the 1800s but remodeled and, re, and, and just reinforced over yeah. time, you would quite literally be standing in front of the person in the same physical space as time brushed right. past itself. And this is like the ghost I grew up with because I grew up in a house that was built in the 1700s. Um, Boom, and I think a lot of people died around that time as well in that house. But the, the ghost that I investigated for Inverted World last year, um, he was, I, I shared his room, you know, I think, and I think we just crossed paths because we were in like the, the same room, the same kitchen. And he, I, I, I think was just like, he felt comfort living there with us because, uh, he lost his family and now here he, here he was with us. Time cube. 
What is yeah, this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, brought this I don't really. <laughs> this is like I, I didn't completely make this up because uh, I remember when I did college debate, people would argue. This is like a response to anything on the affirmative, and they had no idea. They instead, you know, the affirmative would get up and argue for some policy change, and they'd be like, and the negative would get up and be like, "Time is a cube." <laughs> <laughs> we can see. This is a guy who said that all modern science sciences are participating in a worldwide conspiracy to teach lies. Uh-huh. By omitting hey, his theories, this. alleged truth that each day actually consists of four days occurring simultaneously. Ooh, Ooh. Meta, I like it. What does oh, that? E- what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't think anyone knows. No Time is a cube. When people people will give you their theories, you got to keep in mind that just because one theory is right doesn't mean another theory isn't also right. Because like I think a lot of these different scientific theories, they're arguing about which one's the right one. A lot of them are just explaining the system from different perspectives. So you're, a lot of them are correct. Like. Yeah. String theory is probably real. Um, Nassim Harriman's Schwarzschild proton papers are part real as well. Yeah. But they're different levels, different distances from the truth. So they look different coming into it. I think science is, is all wrong and it always has been. Oh. And what I mean by that is we think we know so much and we constantly prove ourselves wrong. Mm-hmm. So there's probably, there's obviously a ton of stuff we clearly know, like we've been able to make glass bottles, mass produce DVDs, build computers. We clearly understand very, you know, powerful scientific, powerful science. But when it comes to the abstract and the theoretical stuff, we probably are getting almost all of it wrong. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say science is the whole art of knowing. Essentially, all science does is disprove things. Yeah. The scientific method. Right. This is basic, like, pot Karl Popper and, like, what is a scientific statement? All I mean, the idea is that science doesn't actually say anything is true. Well, right? so the, 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 you guys want to know the secret to reality is that we shape it through our observation. I learned that from watching a documentary called The Secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All rich people know this. Um, and the way it really works is you decide what's true and then find evidence to back it up and oh, then assert it as truth. That. Mm-hmm. And that's how you successfully become a leftist. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can see the future. That's how you I collapse that. a city. Yeah. When, if, <laughs> if a baseball is flying towards you, the light reflecting off the baseball hits your eye before the baseball gets there. So you see it before it is there. You start to anticipate. Except possibility your brain of anticip- process the information fast enough. Well, we, we, we perceive it as anticipation, so you know where it's gonna be, but you're actually seeing it before it gets there. And it's like 0.08 seconds. You know, right. you can see into the future 0.08 seconds. So I think when people have like, we ever go to talk to someone and you have like, you get afraid right before you say it, then they react to the fear. Mm. Or if you're like brave right before you say it, they react to the bravery. Yep. That's how Ozymandias caught the bullet when Silk Spectre 2 fired at him in his Antarctic laboratory. He saw, saw the, the light future. faster. He mm. hit it and caught it in his hand, mm. and that's how he survived. I think you're right about ghosts being trapped to locations because there's this phantom DNA experiment where they'll put DNA inside of a vacuum, bombard it with photons, and the photons start to spin around the DNA as mm-hmm. if it's there with it. Then they remove the DNA from the vacuum. The photons stay there as if the, D- the DNA was still there for like two weeks. The photons will stay there and rotate and I wonder if that's just like an example of how long a ghost or a piece of energy could be bound to a spot. Yeah. And, and like, bones, I think time is a cube. Bones in a graveyard. I think that bones in a graveyard are like an anchor for energy like that, like ghost energy. I th- I think you know the reality is that uh, there's a conspiracy <laughs> yes. to uh, use fluoride mm. to calcify our third eye. That's true. Because humans do have the ability to shape reality, mm. but the global elites. 
don't want the uh, peasants mm-hmm. to be able to. Yes. Don't so get put, me started on a third they, world water system. It really is Friday night, isn't zombie. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so they're, 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 right this is a real conspiracy theory that... Um, so the double slit experiment we've talked about before. And then there was another one someone brought up that was even crazier. But you guys are familiar with the double slit experiment, right? No. It's uh, – I'll try to simplify it. They they take like a metal sheet. They put a slit in it. They fired electrons and they got a particle pattern. Like Okay. Then they did two slits and they fired electrons and they got a wave pattern. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, okay, uh, that's weird. Why are we getting a wave pattern? It should be a particle pattern. Let's measure which slit each electron is going through. When they did, they got a particle pattern again. So what the hippie hmm. said was, whoa, like by looking at it, like all of a sudden it changed. And what physicists said was our measurement procedure interfered with the process and we don't know why, yeah. which is the smarter reasoning. But so so these people believe that human observation has the ability to shape reality. So you'll, you'll, you'll hear new age people talk about manifesting things like my, my friend Robbie, who was like. So they're trans. They're, tr- they're what manifest yeah, yeah, yeah. human observation has the power to shape reality. Sure, sure. But no, but they're they trans. mean it, they mean it more literally than that. <laughs> so I'm trying to park my car in LA at my friend Robbie's house. Shout out Robbie. Yeah, Robbie, and what's going on, Robbie's dude? Cool dude. And he, I was like, yo, Rob. I was like, he was like, where are you at? I'm like trying to find a parking space. He goes, oh, bro, manifest it. Yeah, what are you waiting? And for? I was like, what? And he's like, bro, manifest a parking spot. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can't manifest a parking spot. Not that attitude. So, so, <laughs> that attitude. so people believe that if you will it, it will happen. And that the reason why we've lost that ability is because the global elite started putting fluoride in the water so that it would calcify our pineal glands, which are our third eye that grant us the ability. With, it's, ex- a, it's a beautifully absurd idea. I experimented oh, with it's fun, right, right? From like 2006 and seven, I made YouTube videos about manifestation. I was one of these hippie freaks Tim's talking about. And <laughs> you, I'd you be like, not now? <laughs> no, no, way less right, I was? So I was like, I'm, I'm going to manifest a glass of water. And I'd be sitting there thinking like, water is in front of me. I'll fix that later. Water is in front of me. There's water. And I just like visualize and relax and like empty my mind. What would happen is someone would come in and they'd be like hey you want a glass of water and i'd be go yeah and i realized i'm not making things apparate out of nowhere i'm affecting the human consciousness with my thoughts mm-hmm. huh. or sometimes people sometimes it's nice. coincidence you could call but i don't True. think there are coincidences in reality anymore. you know i got I, I do have to be honest I though i've i've slowly stopped believing in some coincidences just because the reality that we're in has become so absurd it doesn't feel like probability makes sense it's post-reality like, no just just like everything that's happened with uh, uh trump and the way mm-hmm. he behaves and the things that are happening it's like how is this probabilistic it should be so exceedingly rare but so many strange things are happening at once that it seems like we've won the lottery 10 times in a few years like brian stelter and liz cheney going out in the same week is like come on that's like winning the lottery twice in two days <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but it really is mm-hmm. you know like and then people are saying it comes in threes. Now, why is that it comes in threes? We used to say that about deaths at the hospital. And people are yeah. saying that Sam Harris was the third. Mm. Sam mm. Harris canceled himself with this insane <laughs> statement. And yeah. it's like, that that's actually a good point. Liz Cheney loses. Brian Seltzer gets fired. And Sam Harris implodes on a show and, and to insane virality. And then I'm thinking mm. of all the technology we have right now. This is like winning the lottery, having access to electricity and TV and video. Oh, and yeah. So, yeah. But, so, like, that's not a coincidence. This is not a coincidence that these things are happening. This is intentional. We're creating. I just wonder if sometimes the world is, the world I think is always absurd. Humans are always absurd and beautiful. And maybe now we're seeing all the coincidences because of all the information that we have access to. You know, maybe the weird things were always happening at the oh, same time. I mean, time. Th- there is obviously like serious observation bias and yeah. like things coming. I mean, yeah. 
but that said, yeah, you're right. We live in an awesome play world. We're so lucky to have what we have. And it's also creating, creating things that we wouldn't have ever anticipated. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you guys in on a secret though. Uh, that documentary, The Secret, have you ever seen it? No. I've heard about it. I know. Oh, you gotta watch it. Idea. You gotta watch it. Yeah. It's from like the, what, early 2000s or something yeah, like 2007-ish. that? 2007 ish. 2007, late 2000s. <clears throat> and the secret is that all like powerful people throughout history believed in the concept of like manifestation. Is that what it is? Something More like or less, that? yeah. If you, it's like, like attracts like kind of idea. So I will tell you this. Of the like the very successful and well off people I know, the majority of them really do believe they have magic powers. And uh, you think I'm exaggerating. Like, bro, crazy. I've sat down with famous actors and actresses and celebrities. And they casually talk about their magic. And then you, you look at these people and their wealth and success. And I'm like, my view is perhaps because you've had an easy life of wealth and success, you assume you must have magic. And it's actually malignant narcissism. But these people actually believe, no, the reality is that they believe in their magic. And that's granted them easy access and an easy life. Mm. And, you know, what I can accept about some of that is like, yeah, it really doesn't make sense how you got to this position. It's not like you worked really hard and earned it. It's like you went to the right place at the right time and then got chosen and all of a sudden you're successful and rich. It's like, well, the reality is you're a driven person who sought out opportunity and you had the talent and drive and passing that off as magic is just, you're kind of insulting yourself. Well, I mean, it's also a fake humility, right? Like you're saying, right, right, you're saying you didn't actually, you know, oh, I just, you know, I just, I just got lucky. I just happened to have these powers. But but they're not saying they're lucky. They're saying they will it into existence. Like oh. that they choose what happens and it happens for them. They choose to make money and then they get money and things like that. It's like they have force powers. Or they I think wonder they do. if they think we all have access to that power. If they're just using it better. Well, that's Some, the pineal a lot of them yeah. just say stuff like that. Like yeah. the calcification of the pineal like the loss of access to the DMT. Sometimes people yeah. will say gives you less access to your magic. Yeah. I think it's simple. I think that idea of like a vision board. They say mm-hmm. like put your goals on a board in your room mm-hmm. and then every day you look at it. And I'm like, you know, the, the, the saying out of sight, out of mind. Well, there's an inverse of that. If you're focused on it every day, it's not magic. It's yeah. just you're directing yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're staying focused. It's yeah. that simple. Well, here's a weird, I'll try to tell a story quickly, but it was Christmas Eve many years ago. I was going down to Times Square to see my wife and um, I was on the train reading a book. An old lady sat next to me. She wanted to see what book I was reading. She was interested in it. It was a Saul Bellow book. And um, I had no idea who she was. I had just graduated from my writing program. I had no life. I had no money, nothing. She's talking to me. It was great. We we leave. She says goodbye, and she whispers in my ear, I'm Kurt Vonnegut's widow, and I love Kurt Vonnegut. And the only thing on my wall at the time was a quote from Kurt Vonnegut. I had that taped on my wall for a year, and I had just graduated the writing program with that, looking at that every day. And I just so happened to be on the train, something I never did really all that much because I was upstate to see my family. I was like, what are the odds that I just graduated this program thinking of Vonnegut this whole time and then his ex-wife is sitting next to me? I've had so much stuff in my life that's just been like that. It's bizarre. That it makes you, I think for a lot of people, if you haven't experienced that, then you're less likely to be faithful or religious in some capacity. Yeah. But for people, this is, this is the funny thing. Like I talk to people who are like really not religious and they never have stories like that. I ask them about it. And then you meet someone who's religious and they'll tell you about serendipity or like these, these, these magical moments in their mm-hmm. lives that they feel is like outside of probability. Mm-hmm. And so it makes them believe that we are, we are experiencing something great or something more constructive. Yeah. Whatever it was, maybe it was magic. Maybe it was just coincidence, but it, I, I cried. And when she left, I was like, holy crap. And I use that as like a symbol for me to be like, I'm on some kind of right path. I, I think people are, are, are like, 
I guess you call them uh, pattern recognition machines. Mm-hmm. And when yes. you're thinking something, yes. your brain activity is creating a neural pattern. Yeah. Whether or the eyes might not perceive it, but her brain is perceiving it. Whether yeah. or not you can see it, yeah. I don't think. And then I got to go to her house. I saw where Vonnegut wrote. Like wow. I, I became friends with her. You know, I'm still talking to her. And like I got That's to see amazing. his desk. I got to see all this stuff. So it was like it blew my mind. We got to go to Super Chats. We're a little behind. Yep. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe, subscribe to this channel. Head over to TimCast.com. Become a member so, uh, if you want to check out all the shows we're launching. Of course, you want to check out Tales from the Inverted World Season yes. 2. And we got a bunch of stuff happening in that area because obviously we love talking about pop culture. Check out Pop Culture Crisis. We love talking about Weird and Wild, like uh, Tales from the Inverted World and the news. We hit all three of those points today, which is great because yeah. all the shows we Kardashians, have. CIA. More yeah, of this. Right. I Friday love nights, man. I love it. You're like, yeah. it really is Friday night, We're, isn't it? <laughs> time is a cube. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Tiberius says... God, we are living in the future. Ian, have you seen the nuclear diamond batteries or the handheld coil gun? God, are we in the future? It's amazing. Uh, I haven't seen the handheld coil gun, but hell yes, I've seen the nuclear batteries. The nuclear diamond batteries? Yeah. What is that? Uh, I think that there's a bit of leftover nuclear waste that they put inside of diamond, and then it produces, um, oh gosh, how does it produce charge? Is it a neutron pulse that it's sending out? Wow. Sending out some sort of pulse through the diamond, That's and then the diamond is vibrating and capturing the energy, I believe, creates a really low power electrical charge for like 10,000 years. Never, And it's Whoa. nuclear waste Whoa. that you yeah. use to make the batteries. Oh, so. I've heard of that. I've heard. Of, I think we talked about it before. Yeah, we could. It, it's uh, a couple years ago. It was a breakthrough. Huh. All right, Augusto Mimoshe says Shane, a good friend of mine, and I want to do an on-site investigation into the myth- mythical Dulce, New Mexico alien base. You in? Mm, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And, what What is that? Dangerous. You know I don't know anything about it, but I'm in. It's 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 it's, it's really cool. How, like, um, <laughs> People have submitted weird like ghost stories mm-hmm. to Shane, and now you've like you're lining up these investigations. Yeah. It's, it's I love the ghost hunter stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't like how fake it is. I want yeah. real ghost hunting. Yeah, that's what I say. Like when I was in this in this town for uh, volume two of Inverted World, it's kind of known for ghosts, so they know a lot of the ghost hunter types, and they show up with like the whatever the machines and that's not what i do at all i, I like the stories and hearing the experiences but i'm not going to try to prove something because i think it's ridiculous you need to get there are machines <laughs> yeah, that sorry. can find really low like sensitivity thing but you need to somehow dampen the outer layer around you like with a faraday mechanism to not have interference all right to see tim it. i need a faraday mechanism yeah i think um, i got jerry yeah. <laughs> i think the can alien scientist can build what we need. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna hit up elon all right <clears throat> all right Omega Rasetsu says, Tim is wrong. It's all about looks for both men and women. Dude gets friend zoned because he is not attractive to women. 80% goes for top 20% of men. That's, no, that, that's totally not true. Well, that's true of, uh, that's true of dating apps. Sure. When it's, sure. when it's superficial. But this story I'm telling you about this guy, bro, I know short little weaselly dudes who got all the ladies because they're powerful men. Because mm. they figured out how to um, succeed, how to dominate conversations, right. how confidence, to, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. A very like you know traditionally like like aesthetically attractive man will become extraordinarily unattractive to a woman if he behaves like a coward. Mm. Well, right. so there, there's yeah. a I think this was the science of sex this this thing they did on HBO a long time ago. Mm. They they had women rate a bunch of men on a scale of of uh, one to ten, and then they took the pictures. And they showed them to women on the street and said, how would you rate this man? And sure enough, the average score the man got was around the same score the woman on the street would give him. So this guy in like a flannel shirt with like chiseled and a beard and he looks tall. They're like, oh, he's a nine. He's a nine. They then took these things and added biographical information. 
And that same guy who was a nine, they wrote that he was a theater manager who made $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And the woman rated him a seven. Mm-hmm. They took the guy who was rated a four and they said he was a computer software engineer who made 600000 a year and they rated him a seven. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff matters to women for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, want genetic superiority for their children. And if they think that you can get them money and safety with your personality, you're going to be much more attractive. It's success. It's like this is safe and important. The, the success of the man's status is yeah, more for guys. It's like, can she reproduce? Yeah. No, I mean, it's like the idea that it's just looks for men is, I mean, completely, completely false. It's yeah. not true at all. It's bimodal. Yeah. For guys, it's not all looks, but it's mostly looks. And for women, it's 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 not uh, mostly looks, but looks do matter. Yeah, looks matter. I mean, looks matter. Like, and also looks can get you in the looks door. definitely matter, but it's also like, can we have a family? Like healthy, right? Can we raise kids yeah. in this really absurd world? Like, are you competent? Are you socially? Are you right. basically competent? Like, if you're a complete slob, then you're not. Yeah. So. I was such a loser nerd in high school. And as soon as I got to college, I started acting. And as soon as I got a good role and like did a good job on stage, I got the hottest girlfriend. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give a slow clap to courtesy on this one. He super chats. If Uncle Ben had a gun as per the Second Amendment, he probably would be alive. But they lived in New York and Ben probably couldn't carry a gun legally. And now Ooh. Peter lives with guilt. Well, Bravo. Friday Night Truth right that, there. That, <laughs> is, that hit the nail on the head. That Friday actually is packing. correct. I would love to see Spider-Man be like, I fail to see where that's my problem. And then he walks outside and hears a gunshot and he goes, Uncle Ben. And Uncle Ben's like, I got him, son. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That would be legit. That. Yeah. Yeah. The criminal, the armed criminal pulls out a gun to try and steal his car and Ben just is like, nope. It's like, it's my wow. right to defend myself. And then Spider-Man's like, wow. And then, but then Ben says the same thing. Son, with great power comes great responsibility. That'd be awesome. If I had let that man go who was armed and trying to kill people, mm-hmm. who knows? He could have killed somebody's right. uncle. Right. And then Spider-Man just becomes a Second Amendment advocate. Bruce Wayne's parents could have done it too. Yeah. That's his yeah. hero's yeah, journey. Yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to do skits of like superhero origin stories, but their parents had guns. Because like how, yes. many, how many origin stories like the kid got orphaned? It's yeah, like all, it's like a Disney movie. All of Uncle them. Ben pulls a gun. John, uh, uh, what, what was, what was uh, Bruce Wayne's dad's name? Tom. Tom. Uh, Thomas, Thomas Wayne. Thomas yeah. Wayne. I was gonna say yeah. John Wayne. Yeah. Thomas Wayne. <laughs> think he's like, I like, like that. It's, a, it's a scene where the guy's like, "Give me your money." He goes, "Be cool." I'll grabbing my wallet. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Right. And he goes, "And that son is why you carry." <laughs> right. And the, and then the end of the story is Bruce Wayne just becomes a normal big law litigator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, just a normal normal rich kid turned big law litigator. Oh the end. Dude, that would be so. <laughs> I need I need to like commission somebody like to like make these shorts. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> just be <he's> a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, actually, we could took we could look at tons of origin stories and just like correct them with mm-hmm. like sane policy so they don't happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like the whole traumatic event doesn't happen and then they ended up living some normal boring life. Mm-hmm. Like the Joker. <laughs> the Joker story is actually like really simple too. He gets like he gets good health care from a good doctor with like a, with a proper health system and then you know he's just. Lives a normal yes. life, right? Has like no. three kids. Becomes a stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> what other what other tragic origin stories? Can well, Superman, the dad, we could get like a bazooka and blow up the asteroid. I don't know. Maybe they could use some giant weapon, space no. weapon that they've been building to blow up the asteroid and save the planet. The, uh, the, the Krypton was destroyed because was it an asteroid? Well, depending on which which iteration of it, it was that they were like overdeveloping and had destroyed the planet's core or something like that. Mm. So that could be like. 
environmentalism, I guess. But it's not as mm. funny as as Thomas Wayne yeah, pulling humans, a gun. Yeah, the real or Uncle story. Ben being armed. That was great, dude. Curtis <laughs> Bravo. Uncle Ben just yeah. shooting the guy before he shoots him. He's like, remember, son, this is why we carry. <laughs> Spider Man. Then instead of making web shooters, he just brings guns with him. Yeah, it's a western now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm into that. Perfect. All right. Fabian Alvarez says, Tim, did you guys see the huge drug bust in Florida? Drugs flying from LAX in bags unhidden in domestic flights to Florida. Ooh. What? Wow. Well, I'm confident Ron DeSantis is going to clean up those streets, man. We need to go full Singapore. I'm getting more and more like hardcore. I used to be like so anti-war on drugs, and now I'm going to the opposite position, yeah, which is but like... Not, not Singapore. I'm not... I'm not, you know, not weed. Singapore well, kills. Yeah, it depends on the drugs. I mean, one of the points they made it, I, I, I had never actually heard this articulated very well. Like, think about, like, a fentanyl dealer and, like, how many deaths they cause as a result of their dealing. Like, yeah. way more than a single murder. Yeah. Are like, they, is that a violent act? Because if you sell someone a drug that kills them, are you then killing them? I mean, I kind of think you are. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I think you're, you're morally culpable, right? Like, you're selling someone an addictive substance that will, like, eventually, that eventually kills some very large percentage of them, right? Like, I would say that you're morally culpable right yeah with fentanyl and for sure with fent- you know and so you know that's that's the position of singapore they're like and it, unless we have are this draconian otherwise mm-hmm. we have mass drug use it's just do they draw the line at certain drugs are they like, like it's how like do they different define drugs? i mean basically it's like it's the death penalty for certain trafficking amounts right like right. above a certain amount it's a trafficking amount and that's the death penalty what's the amount do you know uh depends on the drug right yeah. Like, oh yeah um, probably very small right now. for heroin it's like extremely small right yeah. like they're just and they just have, you know, I mean, I think that it makes more moral sense from the, I guess, from Singapore's perspective. They're a small country yeah. and they just have warnings. Like when you come into Singapore, they're like, we have the death penalty for drug, drug trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even think Don't about even it. Try it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Selena Kyle, uh, that's Catwoman, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Says, speaking of Kardashians just amassing wealth and not doing enough, what's enough? Kim is working on getting men out of prison, willing to meet up with Trump to advocate for her cause and went to law school. Is that enough? I yes. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. 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 Totally yeah I wasn't Mad saying, I, I should clarify in case it came off, <laughs> in case I, did say that i'm not saying she wasn't i'm talking about there are a lot of people who just amass wealth and don't do anything but that is respectable she worked on criminal justice reform yeah. rideshare programs i think people are getting out of jail she was hooking up a, a program for them to get car rides to job interviews oh, cool. you know oh, also awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. but 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 I, I will stress too like maybe it's better that some people don't do anything because otherwise you get like a Mackenzie Bezos who puts oh, $2 yeah. billion dollars into Wokeness. Yeah, 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 some people should just take their money and, you know, spend it on rich people things. Yeah. Like the, the, their judgment like as CRT. to what is a good cause yeah. is just not good enough. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what we got. KC91 says, hey, guys from Australia, love all your work and listen every day when, while I'm working. Keep it up. Ian, you always make me look at things from a different angle, even if I don't agree. That's it. Perfect. You won. But the danger is always doing it. You got to find balance. Sometimes you want to look at it straight ahead. Yeah. It's easy to dance off that cliff of sanity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being too open minded, you your brain will but fall I'm out. There. <laughs> Gem R says, in the internet age, we're going to have to have to be more accepting. We're going to have to be more accepting of politicians being real. Whether that's a 36 year old partying or someone having crap opinions on Twitter at 16. That, you know, I get that though, but. When that, that Finnish prime minister was like booty dancing and stuff, apparently like the guy kissing her in the dance isn't her husband. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on there. Cringe. And the other <laughs> thing is we, we do have to expect people to be more real, but um, you'll never see a video of me doing that. Well, like, never say never. Everyone no, just never. said, oh, shucks. <laughs> I mean, like taking I, off I, the beanie and getting I do, sweaty. Come on. <laughs> I do goofy stuff and we'll probably film stuff with, uh, with Cast Castle. But my point is that when you're looking for a leader, there are people right now 
who are might might goof off a little bit in that way, but world leaders tend to be very steadfast and serious, or at least that's what we expect. Mm. I was talking about this in a segment earlier. Everyone's partying in the city with the city lights going off, and the soldiers at the city walls are standing steadfast to make sure everyone's safe. And that's the person you want leading your country to make sure you're safe as you're dancing. Not to have the leader go off and go dancing when, when Russia's knocking on your door with nuclear weapons. Yeah, your military commander should not be getting drunk with the troops. Yeah, I, I, I actually think about that. Like, think about if you were just a random soldier in the Finnish military, what you'd think of seeing your, mm. the leader, the head of the government acting yeah. this way. Yeah. Like, especially with like, you know, you just joined NATO. Like yep. you're, you're, Russia's threatening a nuclear deployment yeah. like, on a, your border. Like mm-hmm. there's a lack of seriousness there yeah. that I would be annoyed by. Like is as she a, the head of? If I were serving, is she the head of their military? I don't. I don't know if they have the same sort of commander in chief structure. But I assume. I mean, she ha- she's the head of government. I assume the government yeah. would declare war, like mm-hmm. if they ever went to war. The government is responsible for setting the rules of the draft and the rules of their service. Like Roberto Lara says, so what Tim is saying is the billionaires are building doomsday bunkers and becoming dual citizens to, dare I say, evading the tax the rich phrase. Uh, bro, it is crazy how the rich get away with not paying taxes. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't need to go to New Zealand and right. set up a thing to not pay taxes. They just don't pay taxes. But, but it's, it's like, there's, I, I really do feel like there's no real way to solve the issue of like, getting people who have massive amounts of wealth to pay taxes. And I'm not talking about wealth tax garbage. That makes no sense. There's there's an issue of just how, when you have a ton of money, how you can structure it to where you don't pay money on the income generated, be it capital gains or otherwise. Right, like the Panama Papers, for instance. Like, we know it. Mm. I'm not a fan of taxes, though, so I'm not entirely sure, like, if the solution is just give the money to the government. I'm not opposed to, t- to a taxation si- system if the government wasn't overtly corrupt, so... You know, I'm not going to pretend to have the answers. I'm just going to sit on the fence. How about that? It'd be cool if the government was like, here's what we need. And then we paid for that with the taxes as opposed to them being like, this is how much money we need. Then they don't even tell you what it's for. Yeah. Where's it going? Justify it. Yeah. It's like all the taxes I was paying in New York. I don't know where they went. The infrastructure was terrible. Crazy taxes too. Terrible. Crazy Savior says Lex Friedman had an intriguing conversation with Donald Hoffman about the nature of reality, consciousness, and the future of science and physics. Truly mind-bending stuff. That's what we got to get going with the Inverted World podcast. Yeah. Originally, it was just a podcast. Yeah. Or it was actually like articles in a podcast. But now that we've like kind of changed it, we are like, we need a more podcast element of conversations yeah. about this stuff instead of the storytelling yeah. stuff. We, we, a, we oh, did do a great yeah. series of members-only interviews, and Ian was my first guest. And it was amazing. We should do that again. Yeah. It was really good. Well, once, once Tim locks me in the haunted house again, uh, you're we'll free start. to go get locked in whenever you want, bro. <laughs> I've uh, seen it. I'll, I'll, we're going to do it soon. So you'll be back. Excellent. And yeah, Donald Hoffman's pretty cool. He's got some pretty freaky ideas about reality and observation. I haven't one, seen that. One though. cool thing too is that, um, the, pr- we have the music video for our song only ever wanted, which is like 90% done. The ad for it is up in Times Square. Shane is the star, along with his wife Nancy, is the and she's the the star of the song art itself. Yeah, that's wild. So he, we locked him in a haunted house and then filmed him <laughs> fighting it with his yeah. wife. You know. Yeah, he's like he made me fight my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Joker scene. He that's broke terrible. a pool stick. <laughs> I actually was wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> there. wasn't there. I told my henchman <laughs> fight his yeah. wife. <laughs> and then <laughs> Shane <and> suffer. <laughs> They make her cry. Yeah, well, you'll see. You'll see. I want that it's, it's, the video looks awesome, though, and the song is re- is really cool. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, We're we, still fighting now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, we, we, we couldn't even figure out the genre. It's like a weird pop and also rock, but it's like two different songs almost. It's like the same song, but 
Uh, we've had a tremendous response for it, so I'm excited. We'll see what happens. It's like, um, it's like very emotional, yeah, kind of pop song, I guess. For, I don't know. I hate even using genres. I hate thinking of them. I, I know it's like the easy route, but but for me, that song is just catchy. It's been stuck in my head a lot. So that's right how I know it's a good thing. We should show. Well, we'll wait. Once it launches, we'll show it on the show. Yeah, because uh, the way we 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 want to have an impact on the culture, so we were hoping that it charts and does all that normal stuff, like mm. you know, John Rich's progress hit number one on iTunes yeah. for like eight days or whatever. He that's was Billboard, awesome. I think Billboard top sixty five, which is huge in the Hot one hundred. I think it was Hot one hundred sixty five. That's massive. Yeah, that's great. So you know, we're hoping that we can start building culture and then. You know what I see with the Daily Wire when they do this stuff? They just hired a Disney executive. And a lot of people were like, you better explain why you're doing this. And I'm like, bro, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. They work for them now. Brilliant. Like yeah. the executives of Disney are going to work for conservative guys. <laughs> yeah. Like that's called winning. Yeah. yeah. Like you are, you are absorbing all of that. I think it's fantastic. It's like pro- Operation Paperclip when the, yeah. uh, <laughs> all the Nazi scientists. <laughs> Well, it, job, it did, it did benefit also, the U.S. That sure, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Use those rockets to get to the moon, if it's even there. All right. Mike Gibson says, Art Bell on his show did an experiment mm. where he had all his listeners focus on different things, and every time what they were focusing on happened. Oh, cool. No. That's a coast-to-coast, bro. That is coast-to-coast. Yeah, I don't know about that episode, but that's cool. But what happened? Like, how do you do that? I don't know. Can I we do what that somehow? That yeah. Can I'm y'all start that? What, what should we have people focus on? Like Back world peace? peace? Yeah. Yeah. World <laughs> peace. That, there you go. Getting Trump elected. Yeah. <laughs> Which is world peace. Well, we hope it is. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not if you like yeah. Biden. I want to do a group meditation. We tried this in 2007, but the infrastructure wasn't there. But to do a, a live video stream where we all got on and we all meditated together with our video cameras up. Mm. And it was just, it, we tried to do it on stickum.com, but it was, couldn't handle more than 20 people at a time. Oh, but we wow. had like hundreds and hundreds, maybe even, th- I don't know how many, but we could do that Let's again. Do it. The infrastructure is getting to the point where we could have like 10,000 people yes. in a video chat. Yes. Getting there. We'll turn I mean, off we have tons. Maybe, yeah, turn off harp. Yeah. Or turn on harp. Or turn on, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right. So Lay Cucumber Lime says, I used to be homeless. I was taught the magic. It's definitely real. You see what you look for. The secret is that it's always Sweet. been there. Awesome. Hmm. Congrats on that. Cool. We should uh, get everybody to focus on something. I don't know. Hmm. YouTube apologizing to Steven Crowder. Yeah. Mm. Everybody just imagine mm. in your mind YouTube yeah. removing the strike from Crowder's channel yes. and apologizing, admitting they were wrong. 50 lashes to themselves. Reversing their policies on censorship. I mean, that, that, that Imagine the FBI <laughs> being disbanded. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> the thing about Crowder that's crazy is um, it was Carrie Lakes that made comments about the election. She's the GOP primary candidate for governor. What she says is of paramount importance to this election, and they took it down. What? So I imagine I didn't see the episode, but that Steve just didn't push back. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's just if you make the claims or whatever. I guess if someone makes a claim like that, you got to push back on it on TV. Otherwise, YouTube's like, ah, oh, they're promoting it, and you're like, no. Right. But it's but but what she said wasn't even about the like Trump. She was talking about Arizona's. I don't know exactly what was said, but that's mm. that. Either way, it shouldn't matter. Nope. Someone who is going to potentially be the governor, like, is is saying things. I'll tell you this. If the fear is those ideas would hurt Republicans, then YouTube's helping Republicans, I guess. Because <laughs> now the moderates aren't going to be hearing those things. And the Democrats will struggle to use it as a, as a weapon. Mm. 
All right. Sleep in the cu- sleep is the cousin of death says good things happen to me equals magic, a.k.a. narcissism. Mm-hmm. But I'll go one step further. They weren't just saying like all these good things happen to me. It must be magic. They were saying like I have chosen for a thing to happen to me and it did. With acting, you notice it in the entertainment industry a lot. Uh, it's more sensitive because your your mood when you go into the audition is a big part of whether or not you get the role. And if you believe you're going to get it and you you have that like confidence and, and friendliness to you, they love you and they want they want you there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ivan Ortiz says, Tim, you didn't hear it from me, but it seems Ghost Girl is a fed who opposes returning carts when she shops. She failed the test. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Mary Morgan, co-host of Pop Culture Crisis. So the the trick is whenever you're going to hire someone. What you do is you invite them out to hang out, to meet everybody, and then you say, we're going to run to the grocery store and pick up some drinks and, you know, some soda and some pizzas maybe. And then when you go, you bring you, you bring the shopping cart, unload it, and then you wait to see if they put it back. And if they don't, you don't hire them. That's a great test. That's the that's I always the, return the cart. Yeah. But, I but we I ride on. I run and I jump on it and ride it. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. We, were, we were talking about this once with someone we were looking to hire, like as a joke, not seriously doing <laughs> it. And then with like, as we were walking to the car and like joking, like, oh yeah, I remember the thing about the shopping cart. And then the dude actually just returned the shopping cart. We all started laughing. Cause we were like, we didn't, we weren't seriously considering doing that. But I will say though, like that actually is a good test. Mm-hmm. Is this person willing to do a little bit extra without reward because it's the right thing to do? I think about that picking up garbage too. If you're walking down the street and you see like a, a wrapper, just mm-hmm. pick it up. I actually talked about this in another interview like a few years ago because I'm always thinking about it. I always return the cart. And then I got a little back, some backlash from mothers who say uh, when they're in the, in, the, um, in the parking lot and they feel a little uncomfortable sometimes to, to keep their kids safe from whatever nefarious things might be in their periphery, they just leave the cart wherever. Well, you know, sometimes right. I get I grab a couple other carts and I'll return three of them. Dang. You know? So you're making up for those. Go above and beyond. I like that. Yeah. They should, they should pay you now. Those that cannot do, yeah. I will do for them. Oh Anonymous Steve says, Tim, thank you kindly, Bioshock vibes. That's literally why I say, would you kindly? <laughs> because uh, I'm I'm commanding you to do it. So I guess the people who know Bioshock, when I say, would you kindly smash the like button? Oh, funny. I'm trying to force you to do oh, it. you're manifesting it. Hulk smash. Do you guys like you know the you reference smash the like button? I, I didn't watch it. The it was a video game. Oh, okay. I thought it was a cartoon. It's, uh, it's like based off of, uh, it's like the art and ideas of Ayn Rand into this kind of game. Okay. It's such a masterpiece. Huh. You really should, should play it. Have you seen Which it? Which game? Uh, Bioshock. Oh, I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard of it. So it's like a city built underwater called Rapture and it's like objectivist society basically. The, the, it's, it's just amazing. Hmm. But, uh, it's a very, very old game. So spoiler alert for whatever reason. <laughs> But uh, throughout the game, there's a guy talking to you over, like, a communications device, and he says, would you kindly, whenever the game shifts to, like, um, you, the player loses control, he's like, would you kindly pull that lever for me and things like that where you have to do it? And it's because you're mind-controlled. When he says, would you kindly, it's a command that forces you to do it. Huh. So when I say, would you kindly smash the like button, it's... Mind control. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a good. gag. I mean, yeah. most people don't know the reference, wouldn't funny. think anything, wouldn't think twice. All right. We'll just grab a, a couple more of these super chats if it's working because YouTube keeps crashing on us and I don't know why. I do the manifestation where I'll be like, you subscribe to the channel. You liked it. You liked the video as well. <laughs> and then you just let it roll. Check this out. Le Courier des Bois, des Bois says, Tim, previously you were talking about book it. And how you got ads without searching for it. I never did either. And the day after watching your show, I started getting Book It ads like you did. Love y'all from Quebec. So you, you're, you remember Book It from Pizza Hut? 
not pizza, but like you, you, in school, you get the little book at wheel, and if you read the book, you get like a free donut, and you get a, a pizza. Thing. You don't remember this? No, it was a ring thing. Maybe so, didn't happen. You no, know, Jack I talks. It. Jack talks about pizza Hut nationalism, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how they had the book it program, where if you finished the book report, you got a wheel and had coupons on it. And then my parents told me to Dunkin' Donuts, I got a free donut. We go to Pizza Hut, you get the free personal pizza. And then the next day, I was it was Pandora actually. I was playing music when I was skating, and an ad popped up, and in big blue letters it said "Book It." And I was like, what? Book It doesn't exist anymore. Or at least as far as I know, it doesn't. And this ad was for a travel company that said Book It. I'm like, whatever is spying on me didn't understand what Book It was and assumed it was a travel thing. Tried. Yeah. Unless, (laughs) you know, people think our devices are spying on us. Some have said it's just the algorithm predicting our behavior. Or it could be that we live in a simulation. Mm. And your reality is constructed by what you think and see and... That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Would you kindly share the show with your friends? And would you kindly become a member at TimCast.com to support our work and check out all of our shows? It's been a, it's been a, a fun Friday night. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Will, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, other than my Twitter, I'm at Will Chamberlain on Twitter. Uh, that's where most of my content's going right now. Also, uh, follow uh, the Article 3 project and the Internet Accountability Project. Article 3 is doing a bunch of good stuff. Mike Davis, uh, the guy who runs Article 3, is doing great commentary on the FBI raids and their illegality. Hmm. So, really right on. good stuff. Awesome. I am Shane Cashman everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, you can follow Tales from the Inverted World. We got the first two episodes of Ghosts of the Civil War up on YouTube, and uh, first episodes on our Facebook at Tales from the Inverted World, and the rest is on TimCast.com. We're on episode seven right now, and it's a blast. I'm really proud of our, our team. They're killing it, and uh, looking forward to the next volume, which I've already started. This is like, the we, we need to get the mobile apps, and I know this is the big hurdle for us. Because we've been talking with some uh, OTT developers about we've got hit up by a bunch of a bunch of people have hit us up about making the app. This is the best show for when you're like driving home late at night or you're on a road trip and you just play every episode and it's just like yeah that was like one of the best comments we've we've gotten it was like someone drove from like L A to to Vegas listening to oh, Inverted World I was like that's amazing but this is this is this is what I was thinking when I was like we got to do something like this because I remember when I went on a road trip. That's all I want to do is play ghost stories. Yeah. Call in shows, like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, we need something like that. Yeah. No, it's been exciting. Well, it's a great. It. I'm really proud of the season and I'm looking forward to doing the next podcast. Well, I'm yeah, Ian Crossland. Oh, sorry. No, hey, don't even worry, Shane. <laughs> I'm more excited about the, the Tales from the Inverted World yeah, and dude. working on it with you. Yeah. No, that was fun. That, please check out that interview. Uh, it's on Timcast. It was a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you are liking this video. You're smashing <laughs> the bell button and you are subscribed to Timcast IRL. You are having a great night oh, and dude. good things are coming to you. Bye. <laughs> Beautiful. And if with that positive affirmation, I will sign off as well. You guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at sourpetulates. If you guys want to hear more of my inane ramblings, I do short little Instagram lives every week, every day, pretty much at about 5.15 p.m. Yeah. at Real Sour Petulates on Instagram uh, and uh, also at sourpetulates.me. Tomorrow you will wake up. You will instantly think good thoughts and feel happy. <laughs> you will pull up your phone and go to chickencitylive.com. Oh. And then you will laugh and smile as you watch the silliness of chickens in your early morning day. And the rest of your weekend from there will be beautiful, fun, and exciting. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.